there we are. I got the old we are hot, we are live finger point from the man himself, Chris. Of course, we'll introduce him in just a minute along with my friend John. Uh, since you heard my voice first, my name is Sean. Uh, yeah, we get together every uh, Tuesday to record this podcast that you hear on Wednesdays, and it is called Weekly Games Chat. Just a quick reminder, you can find us over on twitch.tv backslash weekly games chat and be part of the live recording if you want to. Hey, if you're wondering, you can get it as an app on your phone. It's it. You don't have to be at a computer, your tablet, whatever you want to do. I'm excited because before the show, John showed me a Cuban to a place we like to eat. We'll get into that in just a minute. But let me introduce the boys first. Um, yeah, since I said his name just just now, John, what's up? You look crazy on camera but that's that's probably fine uh and i see chris probably doing a little tweaking my voice gets a little hot when i get excited to see the 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 folks in twitch and know that we're going to be talking to folks john what's been going on man how you doing oh i'm great and you want to know why sean do you want to know why do you want to know why probably more than anything in the world right now because i got a call last week let me tell you about this call i got a call last week from this guy named sean oh did you and he told me <laughs> That there's a game coming out sooner yeah. than I think it is. Yeah. On June 4th, ladies and gentlemen, the world would be blessed with DC Superhero Girls. And without a doubt, um, we're covering that game. It's if it gets a, a four, I'm playing it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And Lord, please let the, the stars line up and I'm able to play it too. Because <laughs> the more I see of it, coupled with the excitement that you have for it, I'm going to have fear of missing out if I don't play this game with you. And and Chris was with me the day that I saw that news. Uh, I don't... Chris looked into it for a minute. He put his FBI hat on and he was like, let me see where this is about. I don't know that Chris is as excited as you or even as excited as me. I'm just going to be... I'm going to hashtag keep it real. Yeah. Chris? <clears throat> Whoa! Yeah, apparently it's a, uh, it's a YouTube series or something or at least there are youtube videos for it so i don't know um we'll see i was like man this is gonna speak to john and that's just a week i will be happy to sit back drink some pbrs and hear about his return to high school you know in a new perspective which is of course is a superhero he's never been a superhero so and, and you know. we already claimed who we're gonna be i don't know yeah you were with us when we claimed that right yeah yeah it's going to be fun, uh, John. And I'm going to I'm going to say if I get that game and we play it, we may have to stream that game. <laughs> I don't even I, I'm not even sure it's multiplayer. I could be wrong. It will be it will, if it's not. That would kind of be a letdown. Yeah. Only because it it's a selection of superheroes. And I'm assuming and probably wrong that it should be like uh, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance or whatever. It's probably not. Probably be persona um, without the combat. <laughs> maybe. That would that would I don't know. I don't want to get down on the game because I'm so excited about it. <laughs> uh John, are you drinking anything this week? Or are we just we just steady rocking the uh diet out peppers again? No, at the advice of my doctor, I'm laying back. Oh. It's because he had man. one last night. I know, no, <laughs> and he looks he looks over at his doctor. Does he? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, I had nice. my I had the old old physical today. Uh oh. Yeah. And physicals are a lot different after you turn forty. Did it happen? 
Uh, I got EKG'd. Ooh. Oh yeah, dude. I yeah, got. I did. Yeah. I got chest X-rayed. Yeah. I got. That's um, a wellness. <laughs> I got. You know. I got. Uh, had to bend over. I had to. Mm. You know. All kinds. Yeah. Of so kinds I, you of know, I had at the beginning of this year with my family doctor, same thing. He's like, hey, I I like to have physicals on record. You you need to have a physical. Um, but I got on some Jordans and some basketball shorts. How are we going to do this? Well, <laughs> little did I know they bring you in a, uh, a nice little, um, medical gown. And before I knew it, I had a, a COVID mask on and a medical gown. And just like John, I had, I was sent to, for an EKG, a chest X-ray, and I didn't get the old, like, you know, pop of the glove, bend over. To, I, I got the lay back. And uh, let me do some cuppage. So, uh, yeah, I got, uh, you, you know, of the front. Yeah. I got that got too. The, yeah. I got I just double did. action today. You, you did. You're, you're a special boy. Um, Chris is looking at us. He's got a few years on us. <laughs> he, uh, I don't know. But I started to, when, when the, <laughs> when it went up. Yeah. I started to get really nervous because I, if it felt like the moment that, she was she removed she would remove her fingers that she was going to be taking something with it i I thought yeah it felt like something else was about to come out oh no and i was i was oh no i was preemptively getting ready to say i'm sorry i'm sorry that i'm natural (laughs) and this happened ma'am i had oatmeal for breakfast no but i mean you gotta think you know you say that what how do you you can't help that right like what do you do you they and they're, they're medical. They they don't even look at it the same. It is I'm hoping it, is. it doesn't. So when I got my COVID swab twice in mm-hmm. this past year, um, I realized that the nasal cavity goes further up my nose than I thought it could. I don't want to find out that that test goes a lot further than I think it could. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah, that's gonna happen. I guess I, I could have swore I saw um, some home tests on the shelf the other day. Oh, oh wow. that's cool. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I, you reminded me of something just now. I saw a commercial recently during my viewing of the Golden Girls late night um, where the the person is sitting like you think they're in a, a doctor's chair and they have the, you know, the thing they put on your finger to monitor your vitals. She's got that on and she's the doctor walks in and is he, the doctor's reading the machine and the lady says, how am I doing doctor? And the doctor doesn't say anything, but then she picks up her phone and it's, it, it blends in like she just texted the doctor and he says, vitals are looking good. Looking at them now. She says, thanks. I'll sit here and wait. And then the text comes back. You're all good. And then the commercial kind of blends from her getting up from a seated chair in her house and this device that we normally see hooked to machines when we go to the hospital to read our vitals yeah. is on our finger. And you can have home monitoring now on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> I say this a lot and I, I don't know if I've ever said it here. Um, but every day that is a new day is the best day to be alive for medicine. Yeah. So if you got something going on, you know, just know it's going to be good. And when we have little things like tests done, John, I, they're gonna. They, they got these things so whipped now, dude. <laughs> man, I, I'm and I'm and Chris. I'm sorry to keep talking about weekly old man chat. Yeah, but the the last thing they had to do was take some more of my blood because they were trying to to follow up on some readings I got. 
And so the lady comes in and, you know, you hear these stories about older people and having, it's hard to find veins on older people. Shut the front door, John. I, she, she went for my, she went for my left arm. Um, and I don't, I typically, I typically just look away. I don't watch it or anything. So she pricks my arm. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is taking a while. So I look down and she's having trouble getting the vein. So picture her, she's digging around with the needle in my skin. I about slapped her and I don't slap people. Right. But I, it I was, was like, I was, it was, it was insane. Uh, and then she moved to the next arm and there was a fat juicy vein there. So she just. The right off. arm. But yeah, I'm sorry. That's the, the right arm, John. The right arm, exactly where it's supposed to be. <laughs> that big, um, meaty, really muscly right arm for no reason at all, other than just is naturally heavier and meaty and stronger. Yeah, yeah. yep. <laughs> That's how it works. Chris, I don't think you went to the doctor this week, only because I saw you on um, uh, Discord a lot, and I, I know about your weekend. So, what's been going on, buddy? <laughs> other, other than you, uh. Other than you playing the heck out of the topic, you know, what you've been up to? That's really been it for me, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I did go down to the river this weekend. It was a really beautiful Saturday, uh, you know, just to watch. Uh, we had a really nice picture out there, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, we have a really nice uh, whitewater rapids created that they did a couple of years ago, and it was kind of the first perfect weekend where I could go watch amateurs get tossed off of these rapids during high tide. So that's what I did Saturday afternoon. It was quite enjoyable. Um, but, you know, just beautiful Saturday. Besides that, not not much. Just kind of relaxed and chilled, you know, played the topic. That was it. Yeah, you did. Well, I mean, it was probably smart that you stayed inside. Uh, summer is here, boys. Uh, I don't it know was where, hot. <laughs> wherever you listen from, remember, we are in the southeast United States. And boy, when it gets hot. It goes from like, wow, I can't believe it's 70 degrees in May to it was 97 degrees. Uh, I want to say today or yesterday. It was super hot and it's going to continue that trend. Uh, that just means for me, boys, that uh, supercell weather systems are going to start popping up because it just gets so hot. And at the end of the day, we got to worry about that stuff. Well, I did see our first name storm of the seasons out there in the tropics. Did you see that? Mm hmm. Already, it was the earliest named on on record ever. <laughs> Man, we are such old men. We're talking about the weather, uh-huh. weather and doctor visits, and yeah. enjoying the river, <laughs> right? And and staying indoors, except for the one time we went outside. Exactly. I do want to ask you guys: How do you feel? And Chris knows where I'm going to go with this. How do you feel when you realize that you liked a movie that mm-hmm. it seems like the rest of the world didn't like? Like Chris knows exactly the movie I watched and I'll disclose that in a minute. But have you done that where you watch a movie and you go, you know, I like it. Like, yeah, and everybody says it sucks. What's yeah. yours, Chris? What do you got? Uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, was it depth of Smoochie, which is a dark comedy that, uh, Robin Williams did with, uh, I believe it's Edward Norton. Um, Edward Norton. Yeah. He's in there and like John Stewart's in there. Just, it's like right in the cusp of late nineties, early two thousands. And I mean, it got panned, but I, I love it is, is my just favorite a, scene. my favorite scene in that movie is where the, uh, I think it's his sibling and he's slow and he's, he yells out in the middle of the restaurant. I'm gonna go take a dump. Just in the middle of the restaurant. It's so funny. 
I'll be right back. I'm going to take a thumb. Right. Where <laughs> is our moderator, boys? We have to ban Weekly Game Chat Bandit. That's what's up. We are missing our... No- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there is an opening in our number one fan. Our number one mod, Percy Weasley himself, is not here. What is happening? Uh, right. We got to We got to spam. Yeah, it's un- it's unforgivable. We got a spam, John, in the chat, and we uh, Cosmic Dash. We will get to that in just a moment. If it, so, the question was, and this is a good segue to introduce what we're doing to everyone in the world. Uh, Cosmic says, "What is the topic today?" Normally, Resident that's followed. Village. <laughs> that's funny. AF spoilers. Uh, it's it's <laughs> not, it's that was last week, so we're back in time. We're going. Hey, I I I beat the game last night for the third time. Yeah. I beat it in two and a half hours. That's a speed run. Speaking speed of speed run, run uh, your original question, we, we sped right off that and uh, down this little train that we just went into. Remember? You were talking Maybe about a movie. Ta- well, yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> I was going to, I was, living, I know living. I'm going to pivot to that and then I'm coming right back to my movie. Yeah. Yeah. But you just, I was going to do that like on a professional level and not so much as a, I do squirrel and I do tend to get way away. So I get what you did, but you know, it's all good. Um, but yeah, normally we do our intro boys and girls and then we'll, we'll make a big announcement on the topic. We tend to not want to spoil it because it is a live recording, uh, even here on Twitch to you viewers, but maybe I can type it in chat and you get all excited about it. But without further ado, the movie I was talking about was a Netflix movie called the woman in the window. Mm-hmm. And it has 80 Amy Adams in it. Um, it's got Anthony Mackie in it. Uh, there's there's a really good cast, right? And Gary Oldman. Um, Gary Oldman's in it. And it's it's I was I was watching it and I didn't watch it in one full sitting, mainly due due to my weekend DJing and all that stuff, right? So I tell Chris that it's got a vibe that I'm not sure what it is, and he said I had read that it's got a very Hitchcock like vibe. The classic Hitchcock. I don't know movies. if I read that. I just the, thought because of the name of the title when I, I saw it? Like from yeah. what I saw the trailer, I was like, this looks like they're doing the classic Jimmy Stewart, you know, yeah. looking across with his binoculars while he's got a broken leg and, you know, thinking. Well, he's seen I thought you murdered. meant for me, when I think about Hitchcock movies, it's more of the vibe they created. And, mm. you know, they have a they have a suspense. The way this is, it's a, yeah. And the way that this director captured Amy Adams's mindset, you you really felt like at certain parts, like let's say she wakes up from sleep. You feel like you wake up with her. Like it's a very cool. I, I, I told Chris, I was watching it and he Googled it. Cause he was like, Oh yeah, I did see that. And he was like, well, I hate to tell you, buddy, it's not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> like the Metacritic, the uh, rotten tomato scores, like they are not good on this movie at all. Apparently I don't think. directed by Joe Wright. Joe Wright, his name pops right up at the end. Yeah, it says directed by Joe Wright. But so the the hook comes in the movie, and I I'm like, wow, that's 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 yeah. So I got it. Everything kind of started clicking, and I gotta say, when I was done with it, I liked it, and dare say I liked it even like way better than say a recent movie we watched on this show, Mortal Kombat. Like I would much rather watch this movie again than Mortal Kombat. Hmm. Two different movies, you know. I get it. Peas and carrots, apples and oranges, whatever you want to say. Um, but I kind of dug it, and I, and I kind of I started thinking like, it's it's kind of cool knowing that most people don't like a thing, but you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I challenge you anywhere 
if you like something, like it, sure. you know, whether it's music, your clothes, whatever. I mean, I like John, you know, case in point. A solid, <laughs> that's a solid point. Solid. But John, do you have a movie that comes to mind that the world kind of thinks sucks, but you like it? Yeah, take a take a movie that Chris hates that I love. I mean, whatever. <laughs> There's definitely plenty of them. Jeez. That's funny. I mean, are you talking about things that are that are critically panned or that No, this know. was this was apparently Either both. This was panned by everyone. Like even on yeah, Rotten panned. Tomatoes, it's like 30% crowds liked it, you know. Like so it's not something that is it's yeah, highly it, loved. Netflix is probably not going to make a sequel. <laughs> Just say it. The the we're but, not we're this was not the launching point of the woman in the window uh cinematic universe that we were expecting. <laughs> right. And I like this director too. So I might like it cuz he did um I was looking up uh he did Atonement and I really like that movie and Pride and Prejudice was not bad too. So, I he's mean, a good director. <laughs> And pick like a Stallone movie. Pick pick a Stallone movie. Yeah. Chances are I'm going to like it, and chances are it's going to be panned by critics. That's fair. That is, that is fair. I I saw Stallone recently on Facebook. A little ad came up. The then and now photos. Stallone in the '80s versus now, and I mean he still looks like Stallone, but he's it's something happens as we get older. Here we go again, and you see the um. You see the people that were stars, whether it be in sports, movies, whatever, that are now aging as you age, and you go, wow, they're getting old. Huh. Mm. That means I'm getting old. Huh. Uh, Wannabe Gamer chimes in and says, Adam Sandler's Punch Drunk Love is a movie I really enjoyed, and I don't know if that was panned or not, but probably it wasn't. No. That, that was, was highly critical. Uh, that was highly. Uh, yeah, well, maybe uh, in your world, maybe your friends didn't well, like it. It's kind of yeah, that, I think like, it's, that same thing for for Adam Sandler fans. It's probably the one they don't. A lot of them will attach themselves because it's not really an Adam Sandler movie. It's a uh, right. What's his face? What do you mean? What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a uh, Paul what Wes Anderson. So the guy who did like Boogie Nights and all that good stuff. Um, uh, it, it's probably Nights. like my. It's personally probably my favorite <laughs> Adam Sandler movie. If I had to think. Oh really? One. Yeah. Not click. No, can't can't say Christopher Walken won me over on that one. But he went to Bed Bath and Beyond and on yeah. and on and on. on. Um, Adam Taylor farted in David Hasselhoff's face. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's funny. On TikTok, there was a one that I watched I guy that grossed me out because you said fart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she she the guy the husband has to lay down with his face up, and the wife she's like, "All right, he said he wants me to fart in his face, and he can take it." And I don't think I would live to do that ever. But we are living in a world. Mm. In a world. Oh, we're an old man. This this was, fits the theme perfectly. Was Big Lebowski uh, panned? I don't, uh, it wasn't I don't something know. that was a huge commercial success. Well, that's not and, the same thing. Um, I don't know if it, like, because remember, that was them coming off Fargo. So it might have unfortunately gotten some some backlash for it. It was definitely a cult hit. Like it was something built over time. Yeah, I think it's a highly overrated movie. You Dreadnought says Army up. of Darkness. <laughs> Army of Darkness by Dreadnought. Army of Army Darkness of- is definitely a cult classic. I, I, and maybe there are definitely cult classics, and they probably fit in that mold where 
Yeah. Uh, eventually, a group of people it just it it survives the test of time, and it wasn't necessarily a box office hit or, hit or whatever. But yeah. Um. But in this whole world of oldness, this fits perfectly. Maybe to wrap up news for this week, uh, Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship. Yeah, he did. That's the other thing I watched. That was what I watched Sunday. You you did watch it? Yeah. And by doing that, I want to look at the stats. He is 50 years old. And I think the headline is he is like not only like the oldest, but uh, basically he's the oldest he's ever to win like a main, not like a senior tour title for Mm -hmm. sure. And he had to send out an apology because apparently people were crunk that they when they realized Phil Mickelson was going to win. And um, the people he were that, that was in his pairing, I think Brooks Kepka, mm-hmm. uh, had to sit there and witness the cha- the chaotic scene on eighteen when you know the crowd starts realizing Phil just won, and it was a lo- I think he set the record for the longest time in between majors. It had been a, a really long time. It was the like oldest, two thousand thirteen, I think. Yeah, was his last one. Yeah, and that's in a way you think about it. In the last couple of years, Tiger Woods wins the Masters out of nowhere. People go crazy. It's good to see Peel, uh, Peel, Phil win the PGA Championship at his. At, listen to this at his age. Um, I think that's that's pretty pretty awesome. You're closer yeah. to his age than I am, right? <laughs> like right, and that's terrifying. It's inter- I mean, I don't know. I I just might remember this differently, but it wasn't. It wasn't newsworthy twenty years ago how old a golfer it was. I mean, Nicholas was winning in into his fifties. Palmer won a Masters not, not major. in his fifties. Not major, yeah. yeah. No, I don't know this if he is, won majors. The oldest before this was Jack Nicholas, and he was like forty eight, I wanna say, when he won that his final one. And then now Phil's the oldest. Like usually you get to your forties and you drop fast, you know, just cause you get old, right. It's easy to, you look at Tiger Woods, like what he's gone through just to win this one championship the last five years. It's mainly because he's been battling injuries. It, it's hard. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, he, the latest injury, of course, he, he's not doing any drugs. He's just kind of yeah. going fast around a corner and he's jacked up. Yeah. Like that sucks. it really bad. He may, he may never play competitively again, which kind of, Kind of sucks because I feel like he was on the cusp of shaking it up a little bit. He kind of was bouncing back, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, he's 45. <laughs> so he's going to be like – he's on that – what Chris is talking about. You hit that mid-40s as a golfer, and next thing you know, you, you don't start finishing in top 10s. You you, you you know, you eventually go to the senior tour. If Not everybody does that. It's, it's uh, like – I'm going uh, to prove Chris wrong. I'm going to win the PGA Championship <laughs> at 55. There you go. That's great. You could do it. Uh, well, hey, you got, got you got like if you what, start now, years, yeah. Years, if you it. start now, I mean, like I was even thinking the other day, like I saw a thing on Rafael Nadal because he's probably about to set the record, right, in tennis. Yeah, and he's only thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, tennis is another sport <laughs> where you you're he's you're old for out. tennis. Yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah. seeing Pete Sampras towards the end of his career. Oh man, one of the greatest ever. And he was like like 32 when he quit or something. It yeah. was like very young, but he looked like an old man out there. Tennis has gotten weird because it was that thing where I remember when we were kids, like for a tennis star to be top rank after they were probably 27, 28, mm-hmm. it just wasn't really heard of. Like you you would fall off by the time you were 30. And then, you know, with uh, Roger Federer a couple of years ago before him and then now Rafael uh, Nadal, it's just like 
geez, are we about to have this era where, you know, tennis people are able to do what they do till they're, you know, mid forties. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I did notice. Um, and this is, this is an ongoing science experiment. So I'm getting done the other night with my gig. And I've had this running theory that people in general that are now in their twenties and thirties, our generation is going to be shorter than this next generation. Hmm. And, I see a lot of people, and I'm average height-ish, maybe a little shorter. I'm not quite six foot. Uh, Chris, I think you're closer to six foot, and John's over six foot. I'm six foot even. Mm-hmm. Six foot even, and I'm usually yeah. right below you in height, and John's taller than both of us. Yeah. But I'm seeing these folks, I'm looking up at them, and it's a constant thing that I'm seeing on the types of crowds that would be club goers, if you will. Um, so this is where I'm collecting my data. I've noticed it just in walking in stores. I was last night I'm, I'm leaving Walmart and I see a kid. He's got a backpack on. He's got the scruffy hair. He's got the tube socks. He's rocking some Nikes of some sort. He's a kid. He's already like six, two. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> what is it? The food? Like, what is it? Is it just genetics? Is it just, is it just, it's what could, I, I don't even know how to put it in words. Like, but I should not feel as short as I do. When I go in public now, it's crazy. You're just short. Maybe uh, it's just no. I'm short. Remember I when know. I used to wear Nike Nike shocks and I wasn't short? I do think we're like taller than uh, our grandparents' generation. Right. Yeah. So and I, I don't know if that was just because they were primarily eating meat only once every seven days. <laughs> uh, Dude, you, you know. go to like an old an older like maybe a national park or you go to a Yeah, you uh, go to like a, Fenway. A landmark. <laughs> And you, the door frames and everything. Yeah. You have, we have to like, you know, hunch through them. It's, it's going to happen. So I'm wondering if we're at a point now where the next generation is going to dwarf us. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Walter actually no says idea. chicken hormones. <laughs> it's, and you have been eating a lot of chicken, Chris. So that means the world has, I guess. Because there's a chicken shortage. So everybody's been eating it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm about to struggle, know. though, because I can't. I can't use my microwave. My microwave died today. Wait, yeah. did they not give you one of those? No, like it. I have to wait for them to replace it. So you know, that's most uh, places of apartmentness. They don't replace those. Well, well, if they're you, if they're installed above your stove, it's part of the unit. So they yeah, have to replace. It. Yeah. Anyways, you said unit. <laughs> This has been some amazing conversation, right? Kinda, yeah, this it, is, it, we're just, you're right. You're, you're right. First of all, the question I posed, Twitch is going up. You guys are thinking about it. Answers are coming up. You know, we can squirrel every once in a while. This is called intro guys. We catch up on the week. If the week is dull, we generate content. What'd you bring to the table, John? I'm not drinking a beer. <laughs> Stallone movies. Let's go to Jersey Mike's. I mean, I'm cool. You hit you one for three. You're batting 333. You're in the Hall of Fame if we're in baseball. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I get all the points because I had a finger in my butt today. That's it's true. Just, so now we're just going to go ahead and say it. We dodge. I, I win. <laughs> you know what? You do win. I love it. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Chris, you think we're good on intro? You ready to move on and talk about your, uh, yeah. your, your fun revisit? Sure. All right, let's do it. Hang on, chat. And Twitch will be right back. Or, yeah, you know how this works. Do it.
And here we are. We have arrived to the topic time for this week's episode, episode 309. And it's a, it's going to be a good one. I'm excited because we are throwing it back just a little bit, but it's kind of like not really a throwback, and you'll see why. Uh, I'm excited for my boy. He's going to talk about this topic probably for the next two weeks. And uh, it's great. So it was, without it was, further ado. It was a fun like reality thing where like I jokingly said it and then we were like, well, we have, it did we, come we, out. We, we have weeks we need to fill. Um, you could do this. <laughs> well, it's it is funny. three I games. About, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this. I, we've come a long way as a show or maybe we've just gotten lazier, which is not a bad thing. We've decided to really just not stress it so much. Yeah. We used to have discussions about whether we would cover a game, whether it was a remaster or not. Yeah. Yeah. We were very picky. Yeah. I think that it hurt us. We, it put a lot of stress on us for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We were uh, trying to be very, definitely more relevant. And you know, there's, there's ways to do that and there's reasons to right? like depending what yeah. your focus is. But I think over time, you know, the best thing you can always do is just go natural and say like, well, what is everyone feeling like? And you know, well, Let's, I mean, just for fun, I mean, we, let, let's hypothetically say a few years back, we were arguing about whether we would cover a game. What if I had, what if I had said to Chris, what if it's Mass Effect? I would have been like, we are going, we're, let's do it. Oh, no, I think even at that point, <laughs> depending on the type of uh, conversations we had, yeah. he would have been like, well, you know, it just depends. Uh, if it yeah. falls within like a remake, I don't, I'm probably not going to be able to do it. The Is part it remaster <clears throat> or remake? Right. <laughs> The part where it changed big time, I think for me, was that year where Nier Autonoma came out. And I remember us three being at GameStop and John picked up that game and me and Sean were both kind of like, eh, because we just didn't know, you know? Yeah. And then John kind of after that put it down. And at some point I kept reading about it online and I picked it up and I played it and I believe I ended up saying that was like my game of the year. And that's where it like hit and dawned we on never me. Covered it. We never, yeah, we it. never, we have never done an episode. Like the most we ever talked about it was in that game of the year. Episode. Game of the yeah. year. Yeah. So it was like, once I had that moment, I was like, okay, you robbed people of what could have been a really good episode, you know, first to hear John's perspective on the game where you get a full view of that. But then like, in contrast, like maybe it's on John's, game of the year list then and then like all of a sudden surprise it's on mine too and we're you know both talking about for maybe different reasons yeah. why we love it or maybe john hates it you know it yeah and after that it was kind of like a wake-up call of like hey we should not really be too restrictive of what we talk about here if someone's got to talk about something let's do it i think yeah. the the one time it's it's hard still for all of us right and we didn't have it last year because last year was a, definitely an aberration. It might happen again this fall too. It's usually the fall. The fall is the hard part. Like when you have 35 new games and we're all <laughs> yeah. playing them in, and you only have so many weeks, that's the hard part is to figure out when do you, we talk about this or that or what don't we talk about, right? Right. What gets what gets left out? What gets omitted? <laughs> what do we, You know, exactly. And, and you hate that because yeah. something probably will but you know, I don't know. The last year and this year may be like you said, the aberrations where it is slightly different. Yeah, I don't know. But we have talked a lot without doing the official topic <laughs> time thing that we do. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Chris is going to tell you the official title of this week's episode. Chris, 
the uh, topic is <clears throat> I'm waiting for this for about 14 years Mass Effect Legendary Edition Part 1 Part 1 indeed <laughs> I love it Yeah um, so it, it was a no brainer Chris joked about it to us all um, and I, I it was it turned into Chris is now going to cover Mass Effect and there's nobody better to do it than Chris himself. And he has completed the first. Yeah. Uh, the first game of the trilogy, Mass Effect. I don't know if it's called Mass Effect one. I don't know how it is. It's called, <laughs> called Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, so I'm ready to hear about it, man. And, and we'll be sure to uh, chime in as needed, I guess. Yeah. So take it away, buddy. I think we're going to do this. For those who are wondering, we're primarily just going to do the first one today because that's the one that got the major bump up. Not to say I haven't seen improvements in the other two. There's been like little tweaks and I can definitely tell you the versions of two and three that I've seen uh, so far are by far the like, you know, visually the best the games ever looked for those two versions here. But what they did with Mass Effect one for those who of us played it back in 2007 compared to today, 14 years later is just almost a completely different game in some respects. Um, the original game was a heck of a lot more depending on RPG stuff compared to the R2. They kind of toned that to make it at least similar to the later two games. Um, you know, they, they, before you had to go up to level 60, they bumped it down to level 30 and you kind of, instead of having to play two full game runs to get to that level 60, you can get to max level through one run now, if you wish, or you can go back to the original, uh, way they did leveling in there. But, uh, the biggest change is combat for those who ever played the original mass effect. You did not get into those games because, you loved the combat, at least the original one, right? You got into it because of the story, the choices you were making, the world building that they do, um, the RPG elements, if you will, right? The part that was always lacking in the first one was was combat. And it was bad to the point where even people right now are kind of like who have never played this and are in our Discord and such have reached out to me. They're like, what's class should I play? And I just always tell them just do soldier because it's basically the simplest combat and it makes your life a heck of a lot easier to get through this game. And you won't have to think about all these secondary things that can be <clears throat> off putting at times. And I, I actually challenged myself. I, I picked something else in soldier this time and I regretted it. You know, I was like, uh, yeah, this is still not perfect. Right. Uh, where you see the problems of what they had to fix from the first game to the second. But um, into the deeper stuff as far as Mass Effect. So this is like one of my favorite eras of video games. And I say that because I don't think we've had one like it since, which is this was the era where coming off Xbox and PlayStation 2, and I guess also GameCube if we want to put that in there, um, <laughs> you had developers really trying to figure out how to make completely new types of games than what they had previously been making, uh, you know, in new ways that they just didn't have the ability to do it before me and John were talking about this yesterday, uh, together. We're like, you know, at the same time you have Assassin's Creed coming out for the first time 
And yes, not everything is perfect in the original Assassin's Creed, right? Like I would say there are parts of the missions in that game, like where they were very linear. They didn't give the player the choice of how they were going to go about the assassination, right? And those were the parts people kind of griped about. But at the same time, you'd also be climbing up the side of the building and looking down on the city and going, I can climb on top of that. I can run through the streets of that. I can do whatever I want to get around this. And you're like, that is something I've never seen in a video game before, right? It was something for you to grab onto and hope that they would figure it out. Mass Effect was kind of the same way in a different sense where, yes, while the combat isn't great, as I said here at the beginning, there had never been something quite like this. The closest we got to it was KOTOR, but even then that was limited to what got here where it's like, hey, you're going to go into this completely new world that no one's ever been in before. And your character could pretty much make decisions as he sees fit or she. And those decisions aren't just going to have ripple effects, not only in this game, they're going to carry out for future installments for this trilogy, (laughs) for this trilogy we have set up. And, you know, the idea of hearing that is, was really promising to folks, but it could have been a disaster. People could just quickly been like, this doesn't work, you know? Uh, but that level of experimentation, right? You know, that was the exciting thing. And to see it, you know, I have to say, like the first couple of hours of Mass Effect, the original one outside the very, very opening, they are slow and they are hard to see where that vision is going when we're talking about the issues of this part of the generation. But when you see them come together on the back half of that first game, it is one of the best climaxes in any of games I've ever played, like the final five hours of that game, is just nothing. But whenever I get into it, I don't want to stop. I want to get to the end of the game that night. And I've really? played this game like 30 times probably <laughs> in my life. Um, but yeah, it is like, it's powerful. You're so excited right now. talking about <laughs> Yeah. <it. laughs> like, I mean, I feel like I could spoil things with this. Do you feel like I could spoil things? Cause it's I don't been know if I would because when you, I you theoretically someone- could, Mm-hmm. But it's it's a legendary release thing. I don't know, mm-hmm. Sean. He when I live with him, it uh, when he was playing Mass Effect two. I know we're talking about Mass Effect, but I swear I felt like he played through this game six times straight. Mm-hmm. Like he just would not stop playing this game. He wouldn't move on. So he is he's religious about these things. Mm-hmm. This this particular series. Yeah, it's it's what's made the last whatever many years like since Dragon Age Inquisition very painful for me right you know and i enjoyed andromeda i will say that i enjoyed the combat of andromeda but it was like to see these guys come in and invent this stuff and master it between this and dragon age uh over a period of like six or seven years and then to see where they are right now that's the part that's like been so heartbreaking <laughs> as a fan of this studio you're just like why what why didn't you you had it guys it was right there <laughs> dude you were um, so excited i know again <laughs> When Andromeda came out, mm-hmm. I did see yeah. it. I saw it in person, the excitement yeah. of Chris yeah. about to about to put his teeth into a new Mass Effect game. Yeah. And then how he slowly took his teeth off of the piece of meat that was Andromeda and said, This is spoiled. Yeah. This is not right. Yeah. <laughs> it was there are good parts of that game, but it definitely it didn't seem to understand what made the original trilogy great, is what I would yeah. say. Um that's where they lost it. But yeah. Just like 
the decisions here, you know, very early on. So I guess to give setup for someone who just by chance is stumbling in here has never heard of what actually Mass Effect is, right? Mass Effect, you play as Commander Shepard. They can be female. They can be male. Uh, first name can be whatever you want. I, of course, always default if I am uh, Fem Shep. I don't really have a default name. Uh, you know, I just go with whatever is on there. I can't remember now. But for male Shep, no matter what, he will always be Jack Shepard because lost. It had to be Jack yeah, we Shepard. Got, we yeah. got to go back. We course. got to go back. And I kept going back to this game. <laughs> but um, more so, uh, the idea is like you're a commander who is on the Normandy, which is a very high-powered Earth ship, right? That's part of the Alliance Federation. That's basically the Earth, Earth Space Force, whatever you want to call it. Um, and what... You're, I can't remember how far into the future is. I think it's like 2158 or something the like future. that. Is Bas- Donald Trump's name in the logs? <laughs> is he? <laughs> it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Base I believe it's like in 2158, the Earth goes to, or we go, humankind goes to Mars. They find these ruins called from these people called the Protheans. And it basically leads them to this intergalactic, space station that's called intergalactic uh, oh no uh it's called the citadel and this is basically the center of the milky way where all races that are advanced and uh have conquered space travel they all gather here and kind of govern the the galaxy if you will right um commander shepherd is on a mission for the normandy and basically there's someone who gets murdered and there is a mystery of a potential threat to the Citadel and all of its citizens that he is tasked to go find out and discover and, you know, investigate as a specter, which is basically another term for space cop. Let's just call him that he's a space cop. So he goes on the Normandy to various planets, trying to figure out this mystery, figure out, you know, who is, was the threat? Is it a real threat? When's it coming? You know, how do we stop it? All those kinds of things. Um, But that's kind of the, that's the hook in really what it's about is Shepard goes to a planet and there are issues that are going on in that planet and a myriad of things can happen based on the choices he chooses to make. And they can be, sometimes they just affect people right there in the moment. Other times they can be things that you think about later on. They could come back and affect you in a different way in the sequels. Right. So a great example of this, uh, he goes to one planet where there is um, there is a person who is cloning and basically um, what's the word I'm looking for? Extinct. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Extinct race of alien creatures who were once of huge threat to the galaxy. Right. Commander Shepard is eventually put in the position where he's given ethical dilemmas of like, all right, well, that was the old beings of these species that committed this genocide or attempted to commit genocide on on everyone else in space, right? This is a new breed of them. They've done nothing wrong. They don't know what the rest of the universe is at this point. How do I handle them, you know? Do I treat them as something that's new and therefore deserves a shot at life? Or do I just wipe out a whole entire race right then and there? 
those are the choices that are presented to you, you know, um, and the way they're presented is whatever Shepard is choosing, he's consistently gaining a reputation and that either is one of Paragon, which basically means they're a good guy, good cop, if you will, mm-hmm. or they're a renegade, you know, a bad cop, like, you know, Han shot first type guy, you know, I wouldn't say they're actually a bad, bad guy, but like, you know, he'll do what he needs. You could be, if you want to, you can be, pretty much a Richard out from the start of this game and, you know, punch a reporter. If you don't like the question she's asking you or whatever, like those kinds of things you consistently do throughout this. Um, and you know, those choices add up to consequence, uh, without spoiling too much. There is a famous mission. Uh, you go to a planet called Vermeer and a lot of your choices that you've been making in the game and building your reputation, they add up to key decisions on this mission And the first time I ever got to that mission, I I will say this. I restarted the game because I had not played in a way that got me to the choice that I wanted to make. And the sacrifice I was going to give up from that choice, I did not want to live in a universe where I had to live with that, that result for the rest of this trilogy, right? That was kind of how deep these choices can get to. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said a choice from Mass Effect 1? Yeah. Can impact you in 2 and 3? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, just for, as a fun fact, they only released at the time, they only they only released Mass Effect 2 on the PlayStation 3. Um, it, 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 it never got released. Well, it did later, but it, yeah. at the time that it came out, it wasn't the first one. You If you didn't play it on Xbox, you didn't play it. And at the beginning of Mass Effect 2, it kind of took all of the choices that you would have made in mass effect one and sort of gave you a narrative and said, what choice do you make here? What choice do you make here? Because all of those choices mattered in the second game. Yeah. They, they add up big time. I mean, like if you think about like you could have someone who dies in the first game, right? Uh, And it very well could have been someone else died instead. And now whatever their storylines were, for that one person, whatever their arcs that would transpire for the rest of the games, you know, you won't ever see that versus you could have a different character that survived instead from what John had that I get completely different dialogues with them. Right. And That's a completely cool. different. Yeah. That was the exciting part of this, like that carries yeah. out. And I mean, it, it goes in a lot of different ways, like romance, like you can have various romances that change that adapt based on, how you choose to carry yourself right you know i had runs where i would romance one person in the first game and um mild spoilers here like the second game pretty much 90 percent of the original folks from the first game are not in the second game if they are they're briefly in there right and you know i i had to choose like am i going to remain loyal to this person that i connected with in the first game right and Why, some, uh, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't just because I want to see what those options are, what, how it affects, how do, how do people react? Like when you have that reunion in the third game and they're back, you know, how are we going to be together? You know, is she going to call me out for the choices I've made that I basically just decide, Hey, you weren't on the ship. Uh, sorry. Out, <laughs> yeah. you know, or, or they actually, you know, going to be like, well, yeah, I found someone else too. You know, time moves on that kind of thing. I I was interested to see all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, 
the other big thing people really like about these, if they really get into them, I find is the actual crew itself getting back to that. The characters they put around you are interesting because they're just so many different personalities that have, you know, their own biases, their own personal history and such that they are unique. Um, you know, I almost wonder if like a character like Ashley Williams, who's like a chief petty officer that you pick up on your very first mission. She's not initially someone who's part of your crew, but she because of events, she ends up on your crew. I don't know if someone would have the gall to put a character like that in a game right now because <laughs> she's pretty much a low key, like, you know, subtle space racist in a way <laughs> like where, you know, you're on this ship where you have all these aliens that are on there with you. And she's basically like, we shouldn't be laying any of these people near our stuff. We should not be trusting them. <laughs> we should not be recruiting them, all that kind of stuff. And I'm almost like, I don't know if someone would write that character right now. And I love it because it's interesting to hear. But at the same time, you also realize she's not a completely like terrible person, right? You hear like she's really close with her family. She has a lot of camaraderie and respect for her, her fellow troops that she served with, right? She's very, and she's loyal to those who serve with her in the fact of protecting them, right? So she's an interesting character to hear about. Or Rex. Uh, Rex is a Krogan you pick up and I think he's kind of a fan favorite. He comes from an interesting thing because his whole entire species was pretty much almost wiped out by the rest of the galactic federation because they tried to take over. Right. And they basically genetically <laughs> infected them in a way where only one in 1000 children actually is born in their species. And there are decisions and choices made with him they are very personal and you can totally tell what his side is going to be. And it makes sense. And you sometimes find yourself on the opposite of how he feels and how you navigate those waters with him. And you know, what you choose to do with uh, his opinions is powerful stuff. Um, Garrus is a favorite. He's kind of like the buddy cop, if you will, but he's an alien. He's a Turian. He's, you know, kind of like, He's almost like a Clint Eastwood type guy, I think. Is he the one that wears the blue armor? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then there's other folks like Talia, who is uh, from this race of aliens called Corians, where basically they got kicked off their home world and they've been living in space. And now they've been in space so long that they have no immune systems. Uh, so they have to wear biological suits <laughs> all the time. And like just yeah. getting any kind of infection can be life threatening to them. Um, I know the feeling. Yeah, right. Uh, Sick boy. And then there are the Asari, who are these. Uh, and the main one you interact with that is Liara, who is actually who I have romanced in the first game. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> they're interesting because pretty much they're a race of women that they can mate with anyone, women or male, uh, of any species. And it's big for them because whoever they mate with, they gain their traits and they live for like thousands of years. So, you know, they're always going to outlive their mates. <laughs> but, you know, hearing like what relationships mean to them for them to actually like be with someone is a very interesting tale and like to make those choices for them. And so they're not just like space whores. No, they're no. like actually space whores. Space whores. Um, <laughs> so 
As far as uh, the way this looks, I, I definitely think this is the best Mass Effect one has ever looked. It's still not perfect. Um, this one more than the the other two. When you see some of the faces, I think most famously Keith David's Captain Anderson is the worst. Uh, they they can look kind of even though they're human, they can look pretty alien at times. The way they uh, they stick out. So you know the voice acting is great, but on the other hand, the uh, the the visuals sometimes at least with the models they they definitely show their age right that this is a 2007 game this is not something that has been built up from the ground this is something where you're taking what was there in 2007 and and trying to make it look as best as it can with today's technology and lighting and all of that right um, I mean but as, I gotta be honest uh, I just posted a video on the Twitch chat mm-hmm. from YouTube where <clears throat> it does look remarkably better yeah. overall. Yeah, I think for the first game, I, I know you said uh, in general, mass, like even in 2007, eight, nine, whenever all the games came out, you said the, the two was always the big jump from one. And you were like, yeah. oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And even playing this edition, I'll give a spoiler. You said that same thing when you popped into two. Yeah. As soon as I, even as soon as you what? I'm as sorry. soon as I started the like first mission, it was like nine day. I was like, OK, yeah. this is what I fell in love with combat wise. Yeah. Like, cause I do not, the combat, I just try to get through in, in mass effect. I'll be honest. Like, cause you, uh, you can have powers and abilities, right? You can be the Jedi, if you will, that, you know, you can lift people up or push them. Right. Uh, even but like cast. That's a, interesting to me. Yeah. Cause, cause when they showed, even when I remember seeing the, this back in the day, mm. they try to show this game as a game that you're going to shoot and cover and there's big space battles and, mm-hmm stuff like that and one is not really like that at all what you're saying yeah no more so it was based off of stats right like it was looking at me like well if you're going to shoot at them how good's your assault you know rifle rating (laughs) and if you're putting a modifier on the ammo you're using again how good's your rating on that that's what kind of determines how much the the hitbox of the enemy takes right versus uh someone else so it's just that in the first game, one, the AI is not that smart. <laughs> and right. two, the powers are kind of limited to what is directly in front of you without any obstacle in your way. Um, versus when you get to two and three, that's not a problem. Like if the game knows at that point, if I'm trying to lift someone to slam them to the ground and they're hiding behind cover, as long as I can see their their hitbox on the screen for targeting. Their hitbacks then I can cast that ability and it will go around, pick them up and lift them and throw them to the ground and all that good stuff. That That's just right. not the case here. Um, and, you know, because there was things like uh, grenades in the first one uh, and other things, you didn't have a lot of stuff that was directly on the controller. It was more of the classic Dragon Age still has a lot of this where you're holding down a weapon wheel, going and selecting an ability and then casting it, right? Yeah, um, where yeah. everything freezes, like which is from Kotor. So I get like where it originally came from, but they just hadn't figured out how to streamline it. Versus two and three, they kind of simplified things down and made it so oh, these abilities now are hot keyed to your controller, and you only have to switch out if you're going deep, deep into your repertoire, if you will, repertoire. <laughs> um, but while, yeah, we all like going deep in our <laughs> repertoires. But yeah, um. I think if you've never played this game, you're definitely, if you're younger, you're going to get what it's like to play a 2007 game. 
Um, direction is not always perfect. Maps, you don't have an easy way to pull up the map. You have to go into a menu and then go to a map instead of just having a hotkey or having some like icon on a, uh, you know, on is that a, the same even on if a you radar? Play on PC? Yeah, yeah, it is. From my You're serious. You, I think, you can't I just think, say like M? I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't okay. looked at the PC version of this, so I can't comment. I've been playing this on the Series X. But, you know, it, it's just Ooh. one of those things. Like, I had to remember, for instance, like, even with your radar, you don't have necessarily something that's easily guiding you was the appropriate direction to get somewhere. So you have to go into the map put a waypoint and now that will appear on your radar, like things like that, that you just forget. That's the way games used to be. Right. But it's not the way it is now because we're just a lot more handholding in game development these days, which is for, I think for the most part, a good thing on the R side though. You, I don't know if people explore as much necessarily with that kind of handholding as they, as they might've before. And that's one of the things people actually like about this because as you explore these environments, you find there's a lot of little hidden gems. There's like a guy named Conrad that you meet that you you might not even meet if you just rush through it. But like you'll meet him in this game. And he'll be like your biggest fan and you'll come back to the Citadel and he'll get in your face again and get to a point where he's annoying to you. And the game is kind of edging to you. Are you going to be the point where you punch the guy who's your fan because he's just annoying you this much? You know, things like that that are just clever clever little pieces that have no effect on the total gameplay. Right. But are fun to, to see the interactions. Um, but yeah, I, do I think this game is worth coming back to after 14 years? I think so. If you've never played this series, the reviews say so. <laughs> yeah. If you've, if you've never played this series, I think this is definitely the version of this to play. I think it's a great jumping off point. I'd say if you love anything that is sci-fi and RPG, you know, this is the game. I, I don't think there's a better RPG sci-fi series and especially one in space, right? Because about the closer you get to it would be fallout and fallout's more just post apocalyptic. I'm glad you say anything. fallout. Cause that's a Bethesda game. And there was a yeah. question by uh psycho retros in the chat. And it, the question was, would you recommend this kind of game? Uh-huh. To someone who isn't a fan of the Bethesda, and I'm doing air quotes, RPG genre. I think so, because, you know, Bethesda is all about making your own adventure, right? That's the fun part. The fun part is, like, like their main stories usually can be beaten in, like, five to six hours, right? It's just that the fun part is going, what's that over there? And then getting lost from whatever the main quest was for... 10 hours because you yeah squirrel get, yeah oh, squirrel you know, yeah. yeah it's a perfect squirrel game um yeah these you know i'm not gonna say there aren't squirrel moments because there are there's certain little things you can do but like the most you're ever gonna play this game if you're doing everything especially the first mass effect uh is probably around 40 hours right you could beat the main story in about 15 to 20 easily um it is not a long game uh, and, and I think that's a good thing because I think if it had been something where they just stacked all these things in there for no apparent reason, they just felt hollow. Yeah. You would have, you know, you've been like, it, it's kind of one of my complaints of a lot of games that are open world right now is that they're just putting things in there for the sake of it and not really going, how does this serve what we're trying to do as a game in total? Right. Um, Ghost of Tsushima had that problem. I was like, that game to me should have been 20 hours. And it would have been perfect. Instead, 
I found myself doing the exact same side quest every time. And I knew exactly what it was going to be because it kept following the same pattern, right? I don't want that. I want something that's different. It's not to say there aren't things that are similar in this one, right? But it's just that they don't happen so long that I keep noticing that they're repeating themselves again and again. By the time I'm getting to that point, I'm at the end of the game. And, you know, that's the part of the game that feels so different from everything else that leads up to it. Um, You know, Sean, I know you love Star Wars. I do. You would love the last two hours of this because it's like maybe not like the actual main final boss fight, right? Everything that is going on around you and you're watching hits in a way that is like, it feels like the end of, you know, Return of the Jedi or something like that. Something's holding me back, man. And I don't know what it is. It requires you to finish the game. That's that's a funny (laughs) shade tossed pot shot. Did you feel the knife going to the back? That's going to get a laugh in so many cars and, and libraries and wherever people work, where they listen to podcasts, John. Well-deserved. Plus, there's no, three three of them. Yeah. Three. I there mean, three. I, I will um, say. I, the dialogue stuff, I think, is what kills me. Dialogue's tough for me. Yeah. I mean, that's something you kind of have to get into. And the good thing is, it, it's really a, a lot of times, it's a how far down the rabbit hole do I want to go? Right. You know, if you want to know all these things, you can, but you don't have to, you know, you can just make a choice and then move on with it. Right. Um, Some of those choices, though, once you figure out what happened. Yeah. They really smart. (laughs) It's like, oh, man. You're like, (laughs) oh, that That was a space RPG. It was an MMORPG. Yeah. And when the the characters, you'd have to sit there and talk to them. I see. I couldn't hit the like skip button fast enough. I did not care. <laughs> was that poor writing? I don't know. Or was it the fact that I don't like that kind of stuff in a video game? I mean, yeah, I, if that's not know. your thing, then it might, it, it might be very hard for you to get past it on there. You know, this is about writing first. And uh, when we talk about like the losses of for Bioware here recently, right? This is a Casey Hudson and Drew, what's his name? Kapichik, I think is his name, is the writer of this. And Casey was the director. Nailed it. And yeah, I can't remember how you say, but like you probably said it 100 percent accurate. It's fine. But, you know, they wrote all three and directed all three of these games, I believe. And, you know, when they left it, that's like where you go. Oh, I don't know how you replace that, because for people like me who really like their writing and their direction. I, I, you know, to find someone else who can do it, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just it, it worries you because you just go, will you make the right call? And will you know you're making the right call when you do it? I don't know. Right. Uh, time will tell, but yeah, um, to wrap this up, mass effect one, uh, totally worth going back to totally worth checking out. If you really want to see a great piece of what made Bioware great and brought them to people like me to make them love them so much, this is the one, you know, this is the first one that I, I love KOTOR. Don't get me wrong. Um, but this was the one where I was like, wow, they, they're really going somewhere. They're just not the KOTOR studio. They're Bioware, you know? And, gotcha, yeah. Um, and you, you paid the $59 uh, price tag for it yeah. to play it on the Xbox? Yeah. yeah. And remember, that's not just for Mass Effect 1. That's to get the, the Legendary Edition, which is all three games. Yeah. All the so, DLC except for, like, one that got lost because, I guess, some copyrights or something. No, it was like a line of code got corrupted or something like oh. that. So they couldn't recover it. That's crazy. Yeah. Sucks. Chris, I have a question. Sure. 
Now I remember when I started out playing this game, you like, like you said, and like you would probably recommend everybody, you told me to go with soldier. Um, but I can't remember is, is Vanguard a class in this game or do you have to wait for the second game to play it? Vanguard is a class in this one. Um, which is for those who are wondering, okay, so you have soldier is soldier, right? Pre self-explanatory. Uh, you have technicians, sir, which, yes, sir. <laughs> technicians, which basically use, um, uh, kind of like drones and such to hack and, and do damage that way. That seems fun. Yeah. Add up, which is what I played this time is primary, primarily people who have biotics, which are think Jedi abilities, right? As I said, lifting up things. And then the yeah. Vanguard is the mixture of the biotics people and the soldier class. In two and three, it's probably the best class in the game because they had a thing called Storm Rush. Where, oh, that thing is awesome. Uh, yeah. Like it's, Sean, you would love this. Like imagine you're shooting at someone, you've got them down to about 25% health. They're not far away. And you go but, but like you're about to have to re. Shut up. You'll have to reload. So you're like, no, instead you Storm Rush and you just go about 90 oh, miles an hour and crash into them. And send Dude, them I'm flying. In. Yeah, it's it's Fear awesome. the spear. I Fear don't the spear, bro. But I don't believe that ability is in the first one, if I recall. Right. So Vanguard is in there. Um, but again, you know, it it's it's like the one big thing they did really change with combat is uh so the first one originally you were locked to what guns you could use based on your class. They made it so you can use whatever guns d- despite your class this time, but the problem is you get additional bonus stats still for your class, you know? So like I was primarily using pistols because my class has a pistol trait and, you know, I could do like 300% more damage with them um, versus using an assault rifle. So I'm not going to say it's perfect, but it, it might be better than what the original is. I just haven't touched the Vanguard on this one yet, but it's there. It is there for you. It'll just be different from what you remember in two. Uh, so as far as Mass Effect 1, Richard writing, I'm going to go 9. It's a 9. 9 out of 10 still. It's Do not perfect. You didn't see that coming. <laughs> right? <laughs> Do you remember if it was that highly regarded by you in 2007? If somebody, if just, just this is hard because we didn't have Richards back then. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I did. I did. I mean, I did too. But, if I'm being honest, yeah. the first time I actually played it, I put it down for about three or four months after I originally got it just because, uh, and you know, John, I know you feel that felt this way too. Cause I had to tell you, I'm like, just stick with it. Trust me. You'll, you'll feel rewarded for what you did. It'll, it'll it, click. It's like the first hours of that game are the hardest, you know, like it, it, it gives you vibes from the moment it starts up. Cause it's got a great soundtrack and it's, you know, kind of like telling you you're about to go on an epic journey, but those first hours of the journey, they're hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, it, it's not really until you get to a couple right, of planets. I got a question in. for you. So mm-hmm. is it is it hard in the sense, and is the payoff comparable to the way you need to stick with Death Stranding in a more current title? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Because that game, I remember you saying, oh my God, this no, slug, uh, No, you know? that one's... It's just more of like, like for instance, the first level of the game, right? It's trying to teach you all these things. So it's restricting what you can do, right? And then afterwards, right now. 
Yeah, and then afterwards, you need to level up to unlock some other things, which therefore yeah. increases what you're able to do with your character class, right? So taking that time and then also getting to the point of the game where, okay, we've done the initial setup of what the main task is, right? Who you're going against in this game. Uh, now we can go and start doing these side things where might not be directly, you know, involved with the decisions you're making as far as to your main task, but they are somehow tied to it. Right. And that's where they start getting interesting. And you're like, Oh, okay. I can see it's that. And there is like, unlike this, the other two, there's famously a thing called the Mako, which is a, a vehicle you would go down onto all these planets that were kind of just barren wastelands and you would have to go drive around and find resource on them. That part can get repetitive. It's a little bit better this time because the Mako is a little bit faster. Um, but like, you know, things like that, I, I definitely think you'll struggle with, but they're not 100% necessary to enjoy the game. And, and like I said, it's, it's not something that's so long, like death stranding. Uh, that, Chris, a, an important question in the chat. This is brought to you by scary Gary. Chris, who did you sleep <laughs> with this time around? Who did you romance? I, uh, the first game I did Liara, but that is only, I, I pretty much knew who I was going to end up with by the end of this. And that will be, uh, Talia. Talia is the one I, of all the ones I've gone through the years, I think Talia is the most interesting character in this series. Like as far That's as a so- romance partner. So that makes sense. I, I love like hearing like, and she's in it like to give a little bit of spoilers. She's this naive girl who the first time you meet is about to be killed because she thinks she's getting a fair deal, like back, back alley exchange deal. And you're rushing to save her. Uh, you only have five minutes to get there too. You know, so she can die if you're not fast. Um, but like she goes from that to being this person who is almost like the most revered, in her species by the end because of her impact on the galaxy and things she's done with Shepard. I really like, like I like the, the, the fact that that can happen. Yeah. People can die. You can make choices. Yeah. Um, you have to make a choice. How do, how do I tell myself get through it? You know, like you, uh, this is going to be funny. John, you don't have what it takes. I don't think I do, but (laughs) I was fixing to say, John, I play final fantasy 14 and some of that main story quest you got to get through is oh. sit there and listen to those cutscenes. You have no idea. I will say, you have, compared you have to no that, idea. Sean, there's not like some 30-minute cutscene in this ever. So you don't have to worry. You know, you're not going to have those Kojima slash Final Fantasy vibes. Oh, my But goodness. some of the conversations go on yes. and on yes. and on, particularly if you're wanting to hit every yeah. plot point. It's I just, think, and I don't think this was in the original. One thing I did like um, with the Codex they got some voice actor to come in and just like read these things. And it's actually really good. So I would just mm. like at times at night, just put it on there and be like, scroll, click, scroll, click and listen. Uh, question about the romance question thing. From, yeah, yeah. So I went through Cy- psycho retro says, uh, I went through cyberpunk without romancing once. Cause I didn't feel like it would impact the story is romance, a crucial part of this game, or is it just something to do for the meme? No, I think it is because, in order to romance, it's literally learning about these people and learning what makes them tick. Uh, yeah. I don't know. If I mean, you see where they go with it, that's not to say you can't have that. There are definitely ones that like, if you just want to, you know, like there's one and two specifically, if you just want a cutscene to, you know, for memes, as he says, we'll just put it that way. Right. You could do that. 
and there's like it requires almost zero effort to get <laughs> you don't need to invest in anything for these people but like when you get to the second one especially you know and you're going on loyalty missions for these people doing events that personally affect their lives and making choices and then as I said, like the third where you're like, man, we went through an experience together, you know, we, let's and, do it. <laughs> and now, and like you're the third without spoiling, guess what? It's kind of a life or death mission at the end, you know, very low chance that these people are coming back. You don't know who's going to make it. Um, so you feel attached, you know, like I always say this, like whoever I usually end up romancing, and especially in two, uh, I always put on my crew when we go to do the final mission, because I know if they're with me, they're making through it, the mission. Right. Right. And right. that is not true for everyone else. Always. You can theoretically get everyone through, but it is really hard to do that. Uh, I've only been able to pull yeah. it off once. And so, you know, like I have to think about those things when I, when I go through, like I'm thinking about them now, I'm like, who is it that I need to have in my party? Talia is definitely going to be in my main party. Who's the other person going to be? Who do I not want to lose going into the third? Well, see, romancing in a game is like my least favorite thing to do. Because it, it just seems so forced. And yeah. there's, a, there's a mixture of there's a mixture of the player potentially having simultaneously wanting to advance a narrative, but also being predatory at the same time. Like, Oh, yeah. I got to do this. One yeah. now. I got to do this one. I got to do this one. I, I've never, it's like, it's like my least favorite trope in a game. It's like, I just don't like it. it it's, it's something I avoided in Odyssey because frankly, it didn't matter to begin with ever. Yeah. No. Um, and it's even just, um, it's just always cringy to me. It comes off as so unnatural. Keeps to himself no. how you um, do romancing in Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> pull leans, up to curb <laughs> and leans back. But um, no, I'm with you. I get that, John. And even here, like especially this one, you know, even though I made my choice right, I remember originally playing. Like you could get into a situation where you're kind of making advances to both Liara and Ashley at the same time. And eventually accumulates in this thing where they kind of call you out and they're like, choose one of us. And I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Why should I, <laughs> you know, like that's not the way this should go. Right. You both should be disgusted by the fact that I am basically trying to sleep with both of you <laughs> and you know it, you know, like, and uh, to that point, I've give credit to something like Witcher three. I enjoyed that. Cause I kind of mistakenly did that in Witcher yeah. three the first time where, yeah. cause I didn't really know what the options were and all that. And all yeah. of a sudden I have this part where Trish Marigold and Yennefer turn the tables on me and basically string me up in the middle of the mass of our ship and let yeah. me get mocked by everyone because like, you know, they're like, no, we're, we're not taking this BS. You know, like that was actually Hashtag man shame. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I appreciated that, that they were realistic. Yeah. They, you know, yeah. that's the way they should be. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, romance well, is there. Not, I mean, I'm excited because I know, and it's, let's just go ahead and say what it is. Mass Effect 2 has long been Chris's like, this is going to be your teaser as we go to our radio outro. Ooh. Mass Effect 2 has been on Chris's interchangeable best game ever for him personally list. Will it continue? Tune in next week, mm. and uh, you shall find out. Watch it get replaced by Mass Effect 3. <laughs> All up the press and straight to your ears. 
Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News! Yep. John wasn't ready. That's why I said I wasn't he, ready. Ready. he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. It's fine. Because Outriders is still doing good, John. It's fine. Okay? <laughs> okay? Uh, Square Enix has announced that Outriders has surpa- uh, surpassed 3.5 million players worldwide That's in its first month on the market. That's a lot of players. There is no data provided as to how these numbers were split among Games Pass, PS5, and PC, but as of May 1st, the game has been played for 120 million hours, mm. with the average playtime reaching 31 hours. The most popular class is the Trickster, and that has 29.9% of players choosing its path. This is followed in popularity by the Pyromancer, Technomancer, and the Devastator. All names of my Richard in the past. The most popular legendary weapons are the Death Shield and Funeral Pyre. And the player with the most amount of playing time has racked up an amazing 797 hours. So You were the Devastator class, right, Chris? I was. I was. Because I was like, they're going to need tanks. And I got to the end. I was like, no, they don't need tanks. They, <laughs> they don't, need damage. They, they didn't need tanks. <laughs> Uh, Sean, but, uh, who was who was the girl that was calling your Richard the pyromancer? Because <laughs> uh, I get trickster was, and I get techno. No, he man. named it. He named it that. I, I named he, it. No, oh, no, okay. no, no. He named it that after he, after it started to burn when he peed. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That Gotta get the, that checked uh, out. V, that was the VD edition. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, I mean, I mean, I don't know, I don't know about the, I don't know how you guys feel, but. I think um, I think Square Enix definitely needed this after the one would say the debacle that was the Avengers five hundred million dollar debacle. You gotta you gotta believe that there's got to be talks where Square Enix is about to buy this company. Uh, was it People Can Fly? Yes. Um, and the most the most amazing stat to me, um, and, and and Sean, we've talked about in the past finishing games. Um, this is an interesting stat. 31 hours average playtime. That is a lot of playtime for one person. I just think that's, I think that's amazing. So I don't, I mean, you could, there could be some fudging of numbers and some spin around the success of this thing, but there's a lot, there's a lot about this that I think Square Enix should be happy about. For sure. Yeah. I I hope they do buy them um, because they were previously owned by Epic. So just to give you an idea of when I like a game, I play it, John, my uh my graphics card has some data on my recent games that I played. Mm-hmm. And the two games I played the most of are Final Fantasy XIV Online and World of Warcraft. Shocking. Right. For, for Final Fantasy, I have played 486 hours. Yeah. So and for World of Warcraft, this is since the this computer was built in May of last year. Mm-hmm. World of Warcraft, I have 631 hours. 90% wow, of that is you idle. I would Kidding. think no. that I would think <laughs> that you would have had uh, twice as many hours with World of Warcraft. Well, I didn't realize you played Final Fantasy so much. Well, I I recently hit a yeah I was playing the crap out of it yeah. like a lot. He was and I put WoW down for a minute and then it's uh, it's not for some reason it's not capturing World of Warcraft Classic, which I've been playing, but it's nowhere near that mm-hmm. amount of time. Mm-hmm. But that shows you that I will put in time. And maybe there is a thing about finishing a game because MMOs you really don't ever finish, really. I don't know. This was psychoanalysis. I mean, I really I'm glad for them though. 
just because I I did not hate this game. You know, I had my issues and I'm like, I really hope they patch X, Y, and Z in this. And it goes to a place where they can do some DLC and expansions. Right. Um, And people will love it and buy it. Hopefully where, you know, it just brings the value for them up because what's there, the core is really fun. And I was like, man, they just tuned this out. It could be perfect. And I have to say again, it's just another proof to me, at least, you know, yeah, we don't have the full breakdown, but I have to imagine that a good chunk of these are people playing on Xbox because they got it on games pass. And that's just a good thing for both people can fly and for square, right? Cause it's shows people can fly. It's like, look, when people don't have to worry about the price on day one, they will give us a shot. And they, and you go back and you say they were willing to give us a shot. And then they stuck around for on average 31 hours. You know, that that tells your value to someone like Square. So I think John's right. I think they're going to buy them. And I I hope so. And maybe they can go um, fix, fix Avengers for them. <laughs> like uh, like Chris said, it's available on Games Pass. But it is, I think, discounted on Steam and PlayStation mm. right now. I think it's like 44 bucks. Mm. Um, I'd be curious to see how the numbers are divvied out. Because, you know, while while you're right, Chris, I think maybe, maybe you can say a majority... Um, played it on games pass when it's the number three selling game in the, Mm -hmm. in the U S it makes me wonder how that was split down. Um, particularly with the success of PlayStation right now. Yeah. I I still think, I still think a lot of people are like psycho and chat where, um, there's zero chance that if you had the option to, um, if you had all the consoles Mm -hmm. and you had a chance to not spend $60 on it, you probably went down that path. And that's, that's like, like almost a no brainer, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe you felt like the game would have looked better on PS5 and you were willing to maybe spend money and you yeah. didn't care because you only had like an Xbox or, or even you know, one. Like just thinking about like because there was cross play and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I, you know, you guys don't have Series X as I do. If I played this and I was like, this is you definitely you said that. Sean? <laughs> yeah, it was a little shade. But yeah, like think of like it. other people are in the same circumstance. Right. They go and they play this. And yeah, maybe their friends got a PS5 or their PC game gamers, as you said. And I go, you have to check this out. We have to play together because this is just really fun. And they go, is it worth 60 bucks? It's like, I would have paid 60 bucks for this. All of a sudden you've, you know, through that proxy because someone got for what they perceive as free, even though they're paying monthly. Right, right, right. right. By like, proxy, yo. Yeah. Someone else is now dropping 60 bucks and getting in there on somewhere, uh, some our system. So it's a win-win for everyone. Oh, so. Mm-hmm. So there's a way to tie in a win-win for everyone about Monster Hunter events, John. I just haven't found it yet. We don't need it. You don't think? Okay, you think we're good? Moving on. That was that was tie-in enough. I think we I think we okay. did what we needed to. So Monster Hunter, yeah, like the <laughs> cheese, bro. This week, uh, so a digital Monster Hunter event. God, I think you have me saying it. A digital <laughs> Monster Hunter event is coming on May 26th for Twitch. That's for uh, for Twitch. That's uh, today. Wait, no, for Twitch, if you're listening like you on Twitch. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> for Twitch, that's for tomorrow. For the podcast listeners, that's today. We are expecting the announcement of an expansion with a new ending. The event will cover Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2, uh, which looks awesome. And we'll begin at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. And the show will be broadcast on Twitch, and the event will cover updates 
version 3.0 of Monster Hunter Rise and provide the latest news about the upcoming Monster Hunter Stories 2 game, which will arrive on Nintendo Switch on July 9th. I do believe that's also coming to PC. And that game looks really cool. I would love to stream this for the, you know, the folks to get together and we watch it together. But it turns out we have work. I don't know that that stops you. It definitely does. Well, you probably don't want it on the record that you right. <laughs> that you did it. Well, you can you mute John's mic now because he doesn't understand how to not say things. <laughs> Holy Lord! Um, yeah, I'm excited for folks. If you're you know if you're a monster, yeah, I want to move on. I don't want to talk about this anymore. You know, what I'm more excited for Keeley is What's bringing that? us you're a not showcase. excited about you're not excited about Jeff Keeley. He's my That's boy. John. That's because, John. You know. Me, him, and Kojima, we're going to get together now that we've all been vaxxed. You know, we're all, <laughs> all going to go hang out at Chipotle. Uh, but so Jeff Keighley has officially announced the date of his Summer Games Fest. With the events beginning on Thursday, June 10th. Hey, that's the day after my birthday. Thank you, Jeff. Happy birthday. Right? The event will open with a kickoff live. The, the, you know, emphasis on live. Yeah, uh, it was an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, <I had> to. <laughs> yeah. A live stream showcase uh, taking place at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and other major streaming services. The event will be hosted by Keeley and promises to feature more than a dozen world premieres and announcements from select publishers. Of course it will. <laughs> the event will continue throughout the month of June with the announcements from a lot of big names to include 2K, Activision, Amazon, Bandai Namco, Blizzard, Capcom, EA, and more. Because it says et cetera at the end. So I'm guessing yeah. that means there's more. Or that the writer of this article just started naming big gaming companies and wanted us to continue the theme of I guess, I guess the underlying theme for all this now, the way it's shaping up, right? Yeah. Is yeah. it's about to be Summer Games Fest versus E3. And and you almost wonder if if we're not going back to an E3 world after this, is there a potential for Summer Games Fest if Keeley, you know, who has experience doing this now, right? Just through proxy because of doing uh, the video game awards every year and doing those announcements and kind of being the other big jumping off point that's not a Nintendo Direct or uh, State of Play and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, if he gets some good stuff there and seems like he's got some big names at least, right? Who knows what they're going to show? Uh, maybe this is the start of a transition where instead we are talking about summer games fest time every year instead of E3. I don't know. Um, I don't want to say that E3 is ready to die, but it's definitely did that episode like one eighteen, Chris, <laughs> right? right? Well, <laughs> I think we can, I think we can all agree that that is Jeff Keeley's goal. Maybe he's Maybe <laughs> it is his intent to become the one-stop shop to, 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 to show everybody their games yeah. during June of every year. That's, that is his goal. You know, he's, he's, he's got everybody now, I think in a place where they're actually caring about who wins game of the year at the game awards. I mean, I think that's now a legitimate award yeah. in most people's eyes. Um, I think, I think that's where his head's at. He wants to, he saw he saw the blood in the water for E3, and I got to give it to the guy. He's an opportunist, and he saw where it's going, and this is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. 
in the any heat. and all any all, any and all video game c- companies or publishers that don't have the ability to s- live stream their own stuff, I'm your outlet. Come to me. Sure. Come see me. Yeah. Well, it's. I was, you know, I don't even know how to say it, but he kind of has made himself. He's made himself this guy. Yeah. Well, he was the guy who always hosted. Uh, yeah. E3 live for forever for yeah. them. So, but, and you got to think he was like, ah, I'll do it. With he, a, and then eventually it, it morphed into a grand plan that may where it may be the summer games thing. And that might be the ultimate, who knows, well, dude, I think he's also someone like he, he really, you know, I really do think this dude loves the gaming industry and he wants to do right by them. And, and publishers know that by now, right? Like, cause they've seen like, Hey, I will gladly put Joseph Ferris on my stage and not care what that man says, whatever heat it generates, right? Whatever controversy, because I'm fine with him being whoever he is here because he loves games. Like I love games, that kind of thing. And, you know, before even like they canceled last year, there was already a lot of problems going on with E3 as far as the actual, when they were going to have a show floor and, Obviously, as someone who worked for E3 Live, I'm sure he was a lot more privy to details about the complaints and problems going on between smaller publishers, especially, and E3. Uh, And now, you know, when you break away from them, yeah, he's that opportune advantage right there where he's like, I understand how these things work. I understand what the problem of these people are, that what they're wanting to solve, and I can put something together that solves those issues where they'll come in and support me. And then it's more of, yeah, Hey, E3, good luck. I hope you can figure it out for yourself. When is the game awards usually? Uh, December, October, November, December, end of the year. And this will be summer. He just, he needs to get something around like, you know, spring. He needs some cash flow. (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of get you a year round thing. It'll be good. Um, so let's pivot to, uh, let's ask a question, you know, mm-hmm. let's do this. What's in an amiibo? What is in an amiibo? Do you know? A chip. Yeah. Pretty much an NPC <laughs> chip or whatever it's called. Yeah. What it's called. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD is getting a brand new Zelda and Loftwing amiibo that will help Link traverse the world. In the game, Link is able to use specified uh, save points to travel from the surface to the sky. I think that's a important detail for John. You know how he is about travel points and whatnot, fast travel. By using the amiibo, you can return to the sky whenever, whenever, and wherever. QN Shakira, you wish. <laughs> you can also use the amiibo again to return to the spot on the surface where you previously used it. This new feature will also work on dungeons on the surface and from within buildings in the sky. Wait a minute, there's dungeons in the sky. Uh, the traversal advantage appears to be only available through the purchase of this amiibo. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword will be released along with this amiibo on July the 16th. That's pretty cool. That's a good use of the amiibo. I like that's it. A, uh, that's a lot earlier than I thought this was going to be. Oh, I got to say, <laughs> July 16th. I was thinking like this was going to be, you know, like August, September. So they've got to have something else for Zelda <laughs> if they're releasing this right here i would imagine right well sean uh chris and me were talking about this last night what do you think about um locking something like this behind a what some say is a 25 dollar paywall because in the in the world you can go to these fast travel locations but 
buy this amiibo and you can fast travel from any point and return to that point no matter where you are in the game. What do you think about putting that behind the purchase of an amiibo, which arguably will be gone very quickly and not be available on the market for everybody to buy? Yeah, I mean, in theory for me, it, it's kind of how amiibos work in general. You you get them and they give you bonuses for things you do in the game. This particular bonus is pretty legit. And yeah, it, it's kind of, it, it, but it has a different perspective. Like you said, it almost feels like it is behind that paywall. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say if you want it and you want to use it, pay attention to when you can pre-order it and get it. Because like you said, they're going to be gone. Uh, there are going to be a lot of gamers who don't care about it. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want to spend the $25 regardless. Uh, yeah, and it's it it's down to how, your choice to play it. I think it's cool. I'm going to do my best to get it. I'm willing to shell out the 25 bucks to well, I'm play gonna, Skyward Sword the first time. I'll be, surpri- <laughs> I'll be surprised um, if this doesn't turn out to be the case. Most of most of the Amiibos, at least from, the, from Zelda's perspective, in, in my experience, are you get to use it every 24 hours, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Like it, yeah. it memorizes when you use it. So if this is, if this is an amiibo that is constantly being, being used read with through the NFC reader to just fast travel all day long, regardless of when you play, I would be surprised because that's not typically their MO when it comes right. to Zelda games at all. Right. Um, that's an, yep. e- that's, that's a, that's an easier pill to swallow if it's something you can use once a day let's say nintendo thought to themselves hey you're in a jam and you need to get out of there well no you can use this one time a day you can go fast yeah. travel to where you are if it's something that is constantly being used I, I think i think that's a tougher pill to swallow for people i found that one i mean i don't know <laughs> the other day and i was like, that one's Ooh. that one's pointless i found that all the way pointless i just i found it and i was like i haven't opened you why have i not opened you don't open it. It's yeah. pointless. I don't mind like them. <laughs> I don't mind like, like for instance, like with Breath of the Wild where you could get the Epona one, right? And you actually put in all of a sudden you get Epona in the game, right? Like I get dope, that. right, yeah. Because it's not like it's preventing me from getting a horse in the game. There's plenty of horses and, you know, of different quality that I can find, right? It's just kind of like if you want this then and you're able to go get it and you're willing to pay for it, then why not, right? Um, I'm fine with that, but I don't know. Yeah. Like to me, I'm sure they didn't see this coming cause there has been like, at least online, right. There's been backlash as far as hardcore on sites and all that kind of stuff. And I don't blame them because you, you know, yeah, it's like, you're talking about fast travel and it reminds me of stuff like back in the day where you had horse armor for, for uh good old, uh, oblivion that I remember. And I hated that kind of stuff, you know, and that that's kind of here. It's like, you're putting this out here because one, you know, people will buy it, uh, regardless because it's an amiibo, but two, you know, as John said, like you're not going to be able to make enough of them at least at launch. So unless you're really committed, it, it's just a way to guarantee that people are going to come give you 25 bucks. And I mean, I, I know you guys wait, l- wait, wait. will, defend them in every way you will. I'm like, I'm not shocked because to me, Nintendo always does whatever they can to make the most money. Yeah. Because people buy it. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, you know, are we sure it's 24 99 Josh? I mean, Josh, I called you Josh, John. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how much it's going to be. It looks like a larger amiibo. Hmm. 
Um, but I've heard that they that the price is that high. Will, um, will it be like it, one of those not, things where there'll be a pre-order window online, or will it be like no July sixteenth at whatever time? I meant to go buy and pre-order it today, but mm-hmm. um, for all I know, they're gone. Yeah, I'm I'm not exactly sure. To me, it's not. I don't know. It depends on what your level of what's not fair is. I mean, this the amiibo does not keep you from fast traveling. Mm-hmm. It just keeps you from fast traveling in an immediate type of way. And I was tell, I was telling Chris yesterday that people have made a lot of complaints about Skyward Sword. Sure. Not one time have I heard somebody talk complain about fast travel. So I don't know. I just you know when you come to the Wind Waker remaster and they gave you that additional sail that made you sail faster and yeah. traverse the world faster. And that, that was a great get, but the reason they did it was because that was a very well-known complaint about the game. I mean, that was like the one game, the one complaint about the game that prevented it from being a perfect score in so many people's minds. I just, um, I got some bad news, John. Um, apparently it might be, it's 29 euros. Well, that's so about, what it would probably about be about 24. the same here. Yeah. Um, and it's currently already sold out on Amazon. Of course it is. <laughs> Which um, makes right now John and myself I, I guess, want this thing even more. <laughs> it, it's like I'm trying to think of a comparison. Like here in Mass Effect, right? They added in with the Mako, they added a boost to make that game like driving around go a lot faster right and especially when you have to traverse up mountains and i think like okay imagine there was a a similar thing and ea was like yep come by this massive you know the shepherd amiibo (laughs) that you can put on and that's what will allow you to boost or whatever you know throughout it i would be pretty ticked if i couldn't get that and i'd be ticked if i had to give 25 dollars on top of the 60 i just paid you to get that ability right so you I don't know. I, I can't. I can't say I know enough about Skyward Sword to to get just how great the going up and down is, right? Um, and John, you're definitely more familiar with all that. Uh, but you know, I, I just I would say my takeaway was like I'm just not shocked. I'm never going to be shocked that Nintendo is doing things, and you know they know how to make their money, and this is how they do it, and this is exactly why they did this. You know, they, I'll tell you what. I'm sorry to yawn. Uh, only re- the only problem I have with this twenty five dollar amiibo, um, is that it, to me it doesn't look cool. <laughs> what? That's that's to the me, thing for Sean. To me, <laughs> it doesn't look. It's about. a bird in Zelda. This uh, thing is beautiful. I'm just telling you my initial thoughts, John. Um, it just to me, I'm kind of like, man, that's gonna suck paying twenty five dollars for this. But I'll probably grow to like it. I understand. I don't know what the bird means. I haven't played the game. Yeah, I don't get it. You know. So it's a magical bird. I don't know. Yeah, it flies you around apparently, like birds do. Imagine that. You know what also flies? Time. I, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Bethesda. I don't know. This is John. I, yeah, John yeah. needs to talk about Bethesda now. So he needs to pivot about Bethesda. Bethesda. <laughs> Cross Microsoft. <gasps> At E3. Microsoft and Bethesda will host a joint E3 conference this year. This news comes by way of Xbox Game Studios head, Matt Booty. Gotta love that name, Matt Booty. Really is a great name. Microsoft and Bethesda will host, this is a quote, 
Microsoft and Bethesda will host a joint conference this summer to introduce players to their upcoming projects. With the conference become uh, coming in a few weeks, the strategy appears to be leave studios their creative freedom, meaning don't manage them. Uh, Microsoft has left it open-ended as to whether they have made any more acquisitions in 2021. So, yeah. Yeah. I will watch this. Anybody (laughs) looking forward to any particular announcement from Bethesda? I'm hoping for a Dishonored 3, which won't happen. Probably not yet. I think it will happen because I think Microsoft would be like, yeah, but if money wasn't a problem now, (laughs) would you like to, Arcane, would you like to make? And they'd be like, yes. Yes, we would like to make that. Thank you. (laughs) Or pray (laughs) too, right? Like, you know, whatever it is. But, um, yeah. No, I mean, the big one, I think we're all expecting, right? And it, and I keep hearing rumblings is that, yeah, Starfield is coming and might not be this fall, but it will probably be at the latest next year, uh, probably early next year, right? Yeah, there's so. some there's some guy that Jason Schreier is fighting with on Twitter right now going, no, my, my information's right. No, my information's right. And I'm like, guys, About you what? both heard something. You both heard something. Was it Jeff Grubb by chance? I think fight. it was Grubb. Yeah, Jeff Grubb is, Grubb. and as much as I like Schreier and he's got great sources, Jeff Grubb has pretty much been the one guy when you want Xbox news that if he says it, it's usually gospel, you know? Yeah, it but they keep going, true. they keep going, man, Schreier just, he's getting, jeez. <laughs> I need to read his new book. <laughs> or do you? I do. Because he's got some good stories. I read one of them already. I was like, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, things I'll never say. I need to read his next book mm. in reference to that man. <laughs> that man. Uh, but Chris, I do uh, want to hear about this some shrinkage. Yeah. Shrinkage. Man, yeah. this is big. Uh, Blizzard well, it's has... Shrink- sh- it's shrinkage. It's shrinkage. It's not... Yeah. Blizzard has shared a major update for Overwatch 2 revealing the shrinking ooh, of the PvP experience to 5v5. Instead of the traditional and current 6v6, the teams will now comprise of two damage classes, two support classes, and one tank instead of two. Aaron Keller, the director of the game, says it will remove uh, help cleanup in the combat and create a more fluid gameplay style. Furthermore, without a second tank, players are likely to use the environment more and play more strategically and aggressively. This means PvP teams will shrink to five for both versions when Overwatch 2 comes out. Many in the esports community have been left dismayed regarding their professional futures. And that's true because, I mean, like, there's not going to be a way to play 6v6 after this game, whenever it does come out, is released, right? So you have these people who have built their whole entire uh, professional lifestyle of, you know, having two tanks. So... Someone's about to get dropped from these teams, depending on what kind of tank ends up being the uh, the chief winner out of them. Um, I don't know how I feel. You know, it, it's a bold move, Cotton, is what I would say. Uh, to- it, yeah, but that's <laughs> I, I like it. I like the fact that it's a bold move. Um, I question it. Yeah, but I, uh, is it is it something that's going to be regarded as visionary for the game and the esports genre moving forward? Uh, when we look back on it, or is it going to be looked at as a mistake that Blizzard made when they released Overwatch 2 and the series was never the same again? Like, it's one of those things that only the future tell us. Hmm. I don't know. Um, 
I, yeah, I, I, mm. we forget that people have professional futures and professional like jobs tied to being a part of this game, possibly. And like taking away impacted. the shortstop from baseball. I mean, yes. And it's just more so dangerous because, you know, of course, not everyone who plays this is professional, right? But you're talking about community and then just like any one of these online PvP communities, whether it be Smash or, you know, Rainbow Six right? Whatever it is, you make changes like this. You, you threaten pissing people off that they just go to something else. That's the risk out there. So, you know, my, my fear would be obviously overwatch is as big as some other, uh, properties that blizzard has, but it's still pretty dang big out there in terms of PVP games. Uh, oh. so yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll look back and we'll say, you know, guys, even that change Blizzard made, nothing really has changed. Pivot. Amen. Swing and a miss. Let's just let's just let them sit here for a minute and realize what I said. I thought you told me I already only had two of them. Mm, that was Chris. Yeah. Mm. Nothing has changed then. <laughs> see what that see like that? Professionalism. Almost yeah. a full year has passed since toxic workplace allegations were made by employees at Ubisoft. Claims have been made by many sources that minimal work has been made to improve its culture. Um, many of those accused still have jobs after many testimonials of abusive behaviors. Apparently, there have since been new harassment cases submitted that were sidelined in December of last year. All this in spite of all the public-facing actions Ubisoft has taken in an effort to respond to allegations to include... The replacing of Cecile Cornet, former head of HR, with chief people officer Anika Grant. In respond in response to peer, um Oh yeah. In response to the accusation of a lack of improvement, Ubisoft responded with the following statement. Quote, over a period of several months, Ubisoft has implemented major changes across its organization, internal processes, and procedures in order to guarantee a safe, inclusive, and respectful working environment for all uh, team members, uh, end quote. Um, Guillermot, um, I always never know how to pronounce the name, but the CEO of Ubisoft later released, I think he released a statement later in the week giving a more extensive explanation of all the steps that have been taken. Uh, They seem pretty extensive. Some can argue that this is PR speak. That's fine, but it's also subject to board review, meaning he can't lie about it. So he indicated that there's, they work, they're working with a third party to Mm -hmm. help them funnel through these complaints and improving the processes through their HR process. Um, They noted some new positions that were created but the thing that bothers me the most about the general statement is just one complaint from employees complaining that um, people who've been accused mm-hmm. are still there. Now, we, if, if, if we think about this for a second, what are they yeah. actually saying? You, you are a mere accused. accusation right. should cost you your job. Yeah. And I cannot yeah. tell you how much I resent that mentality. I absolutely resent it. And I always have. They're saying that because they should be gone because they were accused. Well, what if it's, HR it, investigated the claims and, and found claimed, no right? merit to them? Is it is it is it, am I wrong to say that that's that's kind of like the cancel culture we we are very prominent in right now, in a, um, in a way, you know? Like it was a it was a it was a precursor to cancel culture. I would say. No, I mean like the current 
like accusation like they were accused they need to be fired like but yeah the whole story a year ago of course that was like the precursor to um that uh you know i, I i'm like you john i don't want to I, I want somebody that really accusations can be devastating to a career just the accusation and i don't think you should be fired just on an accusation um i don't think you and i are alone in that stance at all now if if an extensive review is done and you were bad then yeah you gotta go was i really really bad (laughs) you gotta go like it's not Um, cool absolutely absolutely it's not cool for um uh like abusive behaviors at a workplace. There's no place for that at all. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I was brought into a situation and all the names are, will not be mentioned. The, the, the circumstance will not be mentioned. Nothing about it will be mentioned other than they brought me in to question me about someone's accusations towards someone else. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't know anything about what this person did. I don't have any first hand knowledge, but let me tell you what I know about who accused him hmm. or her. Um, and it turned out because of the things I shared, uh, the credibility of the accuser was brought into question. And as far as I know, the matter was dropped because they brought in somebody who said, I know the accusation was made, but here's what you need to know about the accuser. Had they not talked to me, I don't know what would have happened. Yeah. But we live in a culture today where the accusation, honestly, in many people's minds, the accusation is enough. And I know, and I know this is not the whole story. I think there's a big culture problem at Ubisoft and it needs to be addressed. I hope yeah, it's not can, really going away. I hope it? people can, I hope people can compartmentalize what I'm saying. Just because I'm saying one thing doesn't mean I'm saying the next thing. Okay. Um, Ubisoft is probably far from finished and I hope they continue to address the issues of some people, which I'm sure have le- still some legitimate concerns about the company. I want to make that clear before we get emails. <laughs> so they stopped listening five seconds ago. Yeah. Send emails anyway. <laughs> um, if you're going to clip me, can you clip the whole clip, please? <laughs> I'll say, um, I don't, you know, I don't work at Ubisoft, so I don't know. You know, it says yeah. many of the accused, still have jobs after many testimonials. So at least people, there are some people there that feel like, Hey, there was a lot of us complaining about this person and you didn't do anything with them. My guess is that one of two things will happen. Either people will feel the culture there is changing, right? And therefore they will stay on and they'll continue to invest. Or you'll have instances like kind of like what we saw with IGN with their stuff. Right. Where <laughs> people that we, you know, or at least I know as far as writers and stuff, very openly admitted like, yeah, this is why I left this company. Uh, and, you know, eventually it was why they had to uh, even after some other people who got fired for it had to eventually go to the point of firing their uh, chief editor or editor in chief because of things of abusive behavior and stuff like that. Right. So. That's that's kind of how I view it. Like either they're going to take this seriously and they're going to make it. And you might just have a couple of people you can't appease no matter what you do. Right. And then they will just move on or else you will eventually have this shifting thing where people come in 
and they realize, wow, this place really sucks to work for. And as soon as they can, they get the heck out of there. You know, they go, okay, I've got my two years here at Ubisoft. I've got that on my resume. I can go get a job anywhere now and they move on. So it's up to Ubisoft what they do with it. You know, I don't want to, you know, say that just because these people weren't fired doesn't mean that there was a lack of evidence. You know, it just might be, look, to fire them might be a very big legal problem for us. So they're kind of stuck because they just don't have a perfect scenario in this. Um, but, you know, they'll figure it out one way or the other, <laughs> I think. Yeah. And I got to say, yeah, when I first read the article, I, I, I mean, I did think that that first statement was PR speak. And I think you have to kind of do PR speak. Yeah. Because it's a sensitive subject. I get it. Um, but then when Guy Germer put out his release and, and showed more, it's kind of like, yeah, man, maybe there's some stuff we just can't say. I think that's um, still just PR. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's, that's the way I, I mean, and, and what, what they exactly, have to do that. They hold on. I, I mean, I, I get it. I get, I get in general the statement, but what do you, what exactly is PR to you? It's PR what and they say the PR? way you have to go about that. Right. Yeah. You very, can't, yeah. He's got to tread lightly and I respect it. You know, I, I respect yeah. that that's his role as being, you know, CEO and all that like that. He can't just go out there and freely start saying, well, this is why this person is wrong. You know, or like these people were wrong. That's and, what I mean. And like directly, he has to speak in generalities as far as like saying these are processes we've taken to improve it. Doesn't mean that they're actually effective, right? Doesn't mean that the problems that the people have have been remedied and they're not going on. Because let's be honest, Ubisoft might be the largest gaming studio around the world. They have so many studios in so many locations. There is a chance that working at Ubisoft Montreal is a very different experience than say working at Ubisoft Singapore. Right. I don't know. Um, and I don't think he probably knows cause that's, he's, you know, he's got different goals. What his focus is. He's got to hope only, people can do this for him. The only reason I ask is, and I don't think this is what you're trying to imply, but when people yeah. hear, when people hear the phrase PR speak, mm -hmm. a lot of people equate that to lying through your teeth. No, I, I don't. No, I, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I know that I, I, I'm pretty sure that's not what you're saying. Mm. You're, you're, when you say PR speak, it's not a good, you're saying it's not a good idea to directly address your Correct. accuser or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Cause you're going to get sued. But when people hear PR <laughs> speak, they went when, because of, because of the way, I don't think you're wrong, John. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's the like, average I mean, person here, will go. Here's how oh, I'm BSing you. There, yeah. yeah. There's two different than like, this is not what, like, for instance, with down at IGN last week, right, with their executive thing that they did, which was obviously PR speak, right? Like, and it was done in a way to try to quash something. And that was kind of something where I looked at it and I go, that's kind of messed up the way you did this, right? Like, and trying to well, front I mean, face think, it. But that's, I mean, I think yeah. there were two bad actors in this situation for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, but here, I think he's just doing what he can to be like, look, I have to address this, you know, one, mm -hmm. because I've got employees and two, because I've got investors that are going to be chomping at the bit. But at the same time, he's always going to be handicapped on what he can say. You know, sure. that's just the nature yep. of his position. For real. Yeah. Well said. I like, yeah. You're mm -hmm. not wrong. What's also not wrong, Chris and John, is we have arrived at our news destination for the uh, the final piece of news for the week. But I can't speak any further until I hear one thing from Chris. Finally, this week.
That's right. Netflix gaming is how we end the news this week. Let me say that again. Netflix gaming. A new report that the streaming service is wanting to get into video games has come out. According to the information, people have revealed that Netflix has been approached, uh, been approaching key figures and industry veterans in the gaming industry to recruit an executive to oversee an expansion into the industry. The business model seems to be inspired by Apple Arcade, which allows for a fixed rate to play unlimited games in the library. Netflix has been mentioning stepping into the market since mid-2019. In a response to the news, Netflix stated, quote, Our members value the variety and quality of our content. It's why we've continually expanded our offering from series to documentaries, film, local language originals, and reality TV. Members also enjoy engaging more directly with stories they love through interactive shows like Bandersnatch and You v. Wild, You vs. Wild, or game based on Stranger Things. So we're excited to do more with interactive entertainment. Thoughts, prayers, boys? I would just caution them to look at Amazon and Google and think long and hard how dedicated they are to this before they make any rash decisions. It would not shock me that they would be willing to at least approach and say, hey, we have Netflix gaming and, you know, we're going to go partner with Epic or whatever to make this game based off of Stranger Things or whatever. And you go out there and you put it out and, you know, uh, maybe even you give it free away to your Netflix subscribers. That, That would make sense. But on the other hand, trying to instead becoming, you know, are you going to try to do the streaming service thing? Is that what you're going to try to be Stadia 2.0? Are you going to build an app or, you know, you're going to actually build a box, all that kind of stuff. Like that's a. Oh, man, if I could build a box. Right. Right. What's in the box? (laughs) That's the that's the bigger question. I would just tell them, you know. Microsoft was fully committed when they got in in 2001. Right. And it took three years of punishment to even is it, get to there. Is it fair to say Netflix is the king of streaming, though, or queen of streaming, however you want to word it? I think they so. Kinda, right they kind of know how to do it. Yeah. But so. I, I, I think Chris is 100 percent right here. You you and, and just note it. Mm-hmm. Everybody note it. You're noting this is like the, the time, time this year you've done this. John. One, what is happening? 58. Chris, you would, you would agree that. Um, what Amazon should have done. What gosh. Who else? Pick your uh, Google should have done was was buy a Bethesda. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't build a studio, you buy a studio. Um, and what, Facebook didn't didn't create Oculus; they bought it. Yeah. So, I mean, because you know, I have to give Facebook credit. They, at least they understood that they don't know what they're doing, so they need to buy a company mm-hmm. that does. Whenever, whenever Amazon, see, Amazon took, took experts in the field and said, you go build something instead of just buying something that was already built. Games are hard to make. It's not the same Success, as successful it, games are very hard to come by. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's not the same as making a movie. No. It's not the same as making a series. Don't think for a minute that just because you have a Castlevania animated series and the Witcher that you understand video games. Correct. It's like um, they forget. It's like Nintendo got big primarily because they had a genius in the room in an era mm-hmm. where no one else had anything. Right. So he was able to launch them off Sony. What was their first big game? Wasn't something they made. 
It was something that came from Square. <laughs> that was what launched their system. And they, you know, it took years for them to build things like Naughty Dog and other studios to get to the point where they are today, right? And then even Microsoft, what they do from the start? They went and bought Bungie because they had great experience already with Halo. And then they went to Epic and said, make us a series with Gears of War. And that was pretty much their backbone outside of the uh, Turn 10 studio for the next 10 years, right? And they're just now getting to the point <laughs> Look, where Net- they're going Netflix, to the next part. Netflix could just, should just wait two or three years mm-hmm. and, 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 and hire Jade Raymond when she's free. <laughs> That's funny. But she's going to be the new president of Sony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's already, uh, she's taken and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's why I said wait three years, because that's yeah. about. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, I know. She'll be yeah. gone by then. So mean. Yeah. <laughs> and unwarranted. She's done nothing to the man. You know? Yeah. I mean, she only helped make his favorite <laughs> yeah. series, you know. Of all no, time, she, even. She's a producer. They don't make games. Okay. I'll let, her, I'll let her know that. <laughs> she'll, yeah. she'll tell you. Thanks a, thanks a lot. Hey, Sean. Yeah, it's about that time. Isn't it? I think it I'm is. Well, yeah, not quite that time, but... Not about, that time. But, you know, when I press up the slider, it's that time. It's that time. Again, is this when we say electronic mail from the future? That's when All you say the way from the year <laughs> three thousand. And it just so happens we're going to read three emails this week. So if you want to be cool like one of these three, here's what you do: you go, um, you create yourself an email, and you send it to weeklygameschat at gmail dot com. I'll pick first, boys, just like Eli. Ooh. So Eli, and this is great. Um, this is great. Hopefully I can read it because it's a gigantic picture and it's in yellow. How is this a thing? Why did I pick this one? What did you do to me? I can't read this. Just highlight Holy. it. I tried to and it failed miserably, Chris. Copy so it and gi- put into your work document and change the font. Oh, here it goes. Here it goes. Here we go. Here we go. All right. We're, we're, we're getting there. Eli, I'm going to have to talk to you about your email. <laughs> God, it's a mess. What I can't. It? It's what a, is well, it? thing? It's it a transformer. Looks, yeah, it's a transformer from, I think so it's So the email says, three? hey, guys, so I was wondering um, what your favorite collectible is other than video games. I'm a total sucker for transformers, and those are on top of my list. I recently figured out how to um, transform one of my transformers to an alter- alternative form that I made up that was more movie accurate. So I decided to show you guys. Nice. And uh, there is some more. Uh, let me know what you think. Ooh, those look really cool. Yeah, uh, that's, now I know what that's I'm looking a huge at. transformer. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, legit. I found my Optimus, my OG Optimus Prime the other day. He's a hot mess, and I thought about Transformers. It was the same day I found that Amiibo um, that Twitch can see. But 
I think my favorite collectible, don't you guys agree? Have to it, it's paused. I haven't done it in a while, but it has to be Funko Pops. Yeah. Has to be my current favorite collectible, if you will. I'm not one for collectibles, so no. Yeah, turns around, sees a table full of collectibles. I mean, yeah, those are like that's it though. Like I'm not like you, like John. I I could bet what John's favorite collectible is just what's on display. Uh, and he's lying to he's lying to himself if he doesn't say it's his favorite. I was gonna say Sly Stallone, Sly Stallone memorabilia. It's definitely his Rocky action figures, which yes. features the meat hanging on a hook. Uh, are you looking? You're look, you just looked at them, didn't you? Yeah, I know yeah, exactly where they are. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but no, I've never been a guy to go out there and be like, oh, I need to get all of these things in a set yeah. and, you know, not open them and all that. It's just it's not my thing, I guess. I mean, I got a, I, I, I got a guitar. You, That's a collectible. I don't know. Um, I said, you know, pops, I collect them the most. I'm more excited when I am going out to find and, and capture, mm. like we talked about Amiibos. There, there's a joy in getting an Amiibo that you're excited about. That's way different than any pop I've ever gotten. So, like, you know, your Link Amiibo behind you, like I said, that was a useless Amiibo, but it is a gorgeous Amiibo. It looks great. Yeah. Really, really good looking Link. Yeah. And, and the collector in <laughs> us loves that, you know, so. Absolutely. But great email. Um, and that, of course, was sent from Eli. Nope, nope. Oh. An iPhone's iPhone. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that was non yellow. <laughs> uh, All right, guess, guys, y'all get the next two. Yeah. I'll do Tyler. He writes in, he says, uh, first of all, you have to specify who is this supposedly biggest fan and who is the real biggest fan. And John, I tried Diet Dr. Pepper. And it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And I see why you like it. John is holding one up right now. Is that one of the four I bought? You bought John you, four Diet Dr. Peppers this weekend? Yeah, we're going to talk about he, people with issues. <laughs> Why'd you buy John four Diet Dr. I, Peppers? He asked me to buy him four Diet Dr. Peppers. And I was he like, two at okay. A time. I, get it. I get it. Yeah, he's double fisting both times. Yes. Uh, it is weird. And four. And Sean, I have done that same thing. I've ordered just cinnamon twist from taco bell because i was hungry for a dessert anyways guys loved your podcast game on uh just want to point out he does not know how to spell john or sean uh, it's fine i gotta tell you that much uh i'm just glad he, he i'm not the only one you so know who is supposedly uh, the biggest twist, uh, well do we really disclose it at this point so nacho ordinary gamer um supposedly leading up like leading up to the uh the big event where we you know was our episode 300 um it kind of was like you're our greatest fan ever and when he won the cop the copy that we're going to all sign of horizon zero dawn it was like you know he's your biggest fan it's kind of cool that he won it and then it turned into a thing and before that the kind of people's choice was justice platt right so that's kind of like who i just ogs will say the real biggest fan I just want to point out neither of those two people are here today. Yeah, they're not here today. So which and one of them is a mod. One's both are. I think they both are. No, I don't think I've made Platt. I don't think. But in our uh, Discord chat, which I will tease and get to later, um, Nacho did say, "I can't make this one tonight, boys. Can't wait to listen tomorrow." Uh And I just I just pointed out to Justice Platt that that door opened slightly, didn't it? I'm just saying. 
but he's probably off in a in a law book yeah, somewhere in a courtroom somewhere yeah. exactly yeah. so john you got the last email we're going to read this week on a uh, weekly games chat at gmail.com this email comes by way of harrison what's up man hey guys a few days ago i bought subnautica on switch and my 17-hour save won't let me play, and I'm not the only person who's experiencing this. Experiencing this, If any of you guys know how to fix this, it would be much appreciated. Uh, Harrison, I have had my eye on this game, but now that you say this... Yeah, you know, I'm out. A little while. Uh, I have not, I've not heard of... I don't know, guys. I've not heard about this at all until he mentioned it, so... I've heard on it the Switch. Those, go to those forums um, and see yeah. what they say. Yeah, I... I, I do want to play the the new one. The new one's gotten glowing reviews from what I've seen, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed the first one. Uh, so, you know, I want to go check it out, but I don't know about Switch, uh, and I don't know if those issues are on the other consoles. So I don't know if it's something that's just exclusive to that version that's created. Yeah, I haven't and, read that, you know, and I kind of just tried to, to... It sucks, though. To, yeah, just trying to, to guess uh, what it could be, but I don't know. If if people are experiencing that, I hope the the like the Google gives us something soon. I hope. Uh, what's up, um, MVR? I have no idea where Nacho is, but it's good to see you in our Twitch chat. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's what's up, uh, and I'm also telling you guys that we have a Discord. So it's funny that Chris is going to get up because I was going to tell him to read the email on Discord, but I won't now. I'll do it. Um, amongst the, the categories on our weekly games chat discord is an area called emails. And that's where sometimes, you know, the, the, the peeps that get together, they, they get to write an emails in, uh, this week cosmic asked Chris a specific question and hopefully Chris comes back to elaborate more. I'll answer uh, for him. Cause I know him so well. <laughs> cosmic asked, what kind of PCs do you guys have? I'm looking for one and I don't really know what to look for. I mostly play fighting games and sometimes FPSs. See, John, an FPS is. Uh, what also, is is first-person shooter. Also, oh. single-player games, but I might just stick with that on console. So Chris replied, and he's, of course, Chris WGC on Discord. <laughs> I'm rocking a 2070 Super with an i9 processor. More than likely, if you don't care about resolution, I find most mid-tier PC builds will, satis- will satisfy and will get you through, especially... Uh, fighting games and fps uh, some shade was thrown by Draven, who says you only got a 2070 super but after further review it was because Draven thought chris got a 30,000 series which chris replied <laughs> and, and let the world know those are very hard to come by but chris yeah i read the email from cosmic mm-hmm. um you have a great build with that i9 and 2070 i've got a ryzen 7 3700x with a 5600x amd card mine is more mid tier ish maybe a little higher than your basic mid-tier but chris is chris is a little higher than mine i think with that 2070 super wouldn't you agree chris yes as far as performance yeah especially because i got dlss yeah for sure um and and these are uh i I don't mean to be a downer cosmic but if you're looking to buy a pre-built they're gonna come with i think subpar components in most cases Mm -hmm. um and and you want to check for room for upgradability, like for additional RAM and whatnot. I, the the thirty thousand series are the ones that are the newest graphics cards, and people are scarfing those up left and right. Right, Chris? Yeah, it's just I, I hate to say this for anyone right now who needs to. It's really hard to build or buy 
something of quality, I would say, um, for PC gaming at the moment, you know, and it's, I think the CPU side and the motherboard, as far as these new ones from AMD, that seems to be leveling off a little bit, right? So that's a good thing, but the graphics cards, they're going to probably be very, very hard to come by. And, and you just have to be okay with like, sure. You might find a 3060 or a 3070, 3080, or even, you know, older ones, but it might be something like you're buying them and they're putting in Zotac because it's the only thing that that PC company can afford to buy on the market at this point. And those aren't really the highest rated, right? Like, or most yeah. reliable, if you will. Um, so it, it's just, I would tell people, you know, there's not a lot out at the moment where you really, really need these. So hold on, just hold on as long as you can. And if you can't, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I was, I was thinking about my PC a few weeks ago because Chris, if I recall, we, you and I, you helped me build this one Mm -hmm. maybe January, January of 2020. Yeah. And then two months later, we're into the pandemic had Man. I not built a computer, oh, same here, dude. You guys would be doing this show by yourself. Well, technically not true. Technically, because I built mine, I got my parts in March and April ish. So you still had a little wiggle room. Yeah, but yeah. Right when I built mine, dude, I was member. Josh and I, our friend Josh, that comes on the show, uh, the former World of Warcraft resident knowledge expert. <laughs> um, <laughs> we built ours, and and Chris is picking out his components, and yeah. You're starting to see power supplies go out of stock. You're starting to see things just yeah. that are usually there, not there. Things are starting to cost a lot of money. And it's like, whoa. And, and yeah, John, your your specs, just for comparison, I think you also have a 3700X. I have I a 5700. You have, you have the 5700? Mm-hmm. No, that's the graphics card. I'm talking about the chip. Oh, I have the Ryzen 7. 3700 something? 2700. 2700 with yeah. the... AMD um, 5700. That's right. Mm. So you still, we, our computers are very similarly built mm-hmm. um, and they look gorgeous. And, and we have not had any issues playing most games we want to play. I've had any, any issues. Yeah. Except and, Assassin's I, Creed. <laughs> he did suffer Chris on that one. Suffered bit. on that a little bit. Chris hasn't really. Like he, he's played. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only one I was really worried about was Cyberpunk. Was, and I was able to play that perfectly fine with my 2070 Super. What um, was that 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 okay VR game you played? Oh, Half Life Alex. <laughs> Kidding. You ran that perfect with your VR hooked up to it and everything, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you don't have to have the top notch thing. It's just that it, it's really hard to tell people right now, like, oh yes, you should go give Cyber PC twelve hundred dollars or whatever, and you're gonna get like a sixteen sixty graphics card in there or something, uh, with like three thousand uh, clocked Ram, right. You know, where it's probably at best 16 gigs and look, Oh yeah. We put a little basic cooler. That's got a little bit of an RGB light on it. Isn't that cute? Um, so, so, so you know, so, so I, I, I feel bad for anyone trying right now. I really do. And, and unless you got a lot of money and you are willing to pay premium, you know, just, just hold off. Yeah, yeah and I've come to the point where I've I've come close to buying just buying something like a <laughs> like a basic 6700. Yeah. Yeah. Um but then I I realize when I buy it and I get it 
come to find out, I'm probably going to have to replace other components on my PC to even make it work. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. It's a whole different. And like with fighting yeah. games, like I do recommend, and Psycho says this in chat too, that it's kind of like a console genre, or at least you want to play it with a controller. So unless you're willing to, you know, buy a, like uh, a Microsoft Xbox controller to hook up to your PC to play, you know, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat <laughs> or the street fighter game or whatever fighting games are out there. Like the consoles, I'm telling you, if you can get your hands on a, and I, I, I know I said I had a, in a couple episodes ago that I don't play my PS five a lot, yeah. but if you can get one or an Xbox, if you happen to get one of those, they're going to be, they're going to be fine to hold you over for now. I mean, I think, it, it's probably going to be impossible to find them. Well, not nearly as impossible, but it's nice to know that when you do find them, you can get them for four ninety nine. you know, and that, that they, they are going to work perfectly fine for you. Now, we'll just, just one last thing. I have seen a lot of gaming laptops available with some pretty good specs in them. Yeah. Uh, so that's on you if you want to go that route. I really want one mm. to be able to play. No, I'm telling you to play WoW in the bed. Like when I'm laying down, I want to go lay in the bed and play WoW at night, but I don't want to have to hear the wife. And I know it's, it, it, she can't help it. Chris, what's the noise that the fan makes on a gaming laptop? <laughs> <laughs> Just ridiculous. It has to, it's got a cool component components off. Yeah. Uh, but one last email that was sent in on the discord was uh, from our friend Punkhead. Breaking news, apparently, for this is 309. So in 16 episodes, we apparently are going to do an episode on pools, hot tubs, and beaches. Because uh, he put a snippet, and that person has mad viewers and mad followers. So, boys, we got to change the content. That was the big controversy over the weekend in Twitch world, yes. right? Because they, they said, hey, you got to put that on your own channel now. Because advertisers yep. are they're not too keen. They're not be. too happy on the... Uh, yeah. Uh, see, John, on Twitch, some of the uh, female streamers were putting pools, like inflatable pools in their house. And they were sitting in the pools and they were kind of trying to tie it loosely in the video games. But it was very risque. So and we probably shouldn't do that. Well, we we I think if we put could. you in a pool, yeah. little kitty pool with, with you and Burgess. On. Oh, man, we would get we would blow <laughs> up overnight. John. That'd be great. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that if you if you're looking for a way to get into Discord, you should know by now that if you head over to our Twitter page, uh, there is a pinned tweet there. Not much that I want to really. Uh, the show's running a little long, so I'm going to just say welcome to uh, a new follower that we've got on Twitch this week. Chris, you may want to go ahead Twitter? and start the music. Oh, okay. Uh, Twitter, yeah, for sure. Um, and that is at Xteen Twenty One. Thank you for the follow. <laughs> following you back <laughs> if uh if you want to follow us or, or write us an email um or join the discord community please do so also wherever um you find your podcast if there's a way to leave us a rating we we greatly appreciate that five stars of course if that's the norm if we're kind of sucky to you just leave us a four stars and lie about it okay uh, but this has been episode 309 309 what's up in the house if you guys got nothing else to add we will slowly make our way to the things we say at the end of a show quickly <laughs> you got quickly game on no. uh, i gotta say it first game on john game on chris game on chris and john game on sean and john <laughs> uh peace out everybody thug life your mom's box yes
Hey, this is Adam. This is Mike. And this is David. From Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover. We make a fortnightly video game podcast. Fortnite means every two weeks. Covering gaming news, game reviews. I give it five out of five tacos. And whatever crazy audience tweets come in. And sometimes celebrities like Arnold even stop by to sing karaoke. Oh, I look just like Buzzy Each episode, we feature one burning topic, game dev interview, or super guest friend from the world of gaming. Check us out on the HP Video Game Podcast Network or on sbfvgs.com. I don't care about that. Wow.